Welcome, Phoenix Podcast fans, to the Phoenix Podcast, brought to you by Daniel Friedel and Jason Beber. Phoenix Jiu-Jitsu, Phoenix Jiu-Jitsu, Phoenix Jiu-Jitsu. Can we say Phoenix Jiu-Jitsu some more? Daniel, say Phoenix Jiu-Jitsu. Phoenix Jiu-Jitsu. Nice. Aaron? Phoenix Jiu-Jitsu. Okay, great. We've got that out of the way. Today, we've got um, a pretty special guest. What? What? Why were you looking at me like that all weird? I wasn't. I was okay. drinking beer. Sorry. Uh before Daniel interrupted me, <laughs> we have a special guest today. Um, my friend, my teammate, my student, my my one of my wrestling coaches, family man extraordinaire. Uh, what I mean, what else can you say? Uh, collegiate wrestler, yeah. all sorts lawn of care stuff. owner, lawn care owner. That seems weird that yeah. you own lawn care. Lawn care. Well, what do you company? Call it? I don't know. Company. Yeah. Yeah. Lawn care, lawn care company. company owner. <laughs> Anyway, Aaron Loader, welcome. Hey, hey, nice to be here. We're glad you're here, sir. So, what do you have to say? Not a whole lot. Cool, good podcast. Let's go home. <laughs> We're ready to go home. <laughs> All right, so uh, so one thing that I'm really interested in is what got you into wrestling? You've been doing it for how long now? So, I actually started wrestling in high school my freshman year um, okay. on a dare. On a dare? On a dare, yeah. I had... Uh, a friend of mine, I, I used to do a little bit of uh, karate and then some kickboxing uh, in junior high and part of high school. I did not know that. I didn't uh, know that. Well, I don't share that a whole lot. I <laughs> thought I was pretty good. and You know how that goes when yeah. you're a teenager. You're, you're not. Yeah. Um, so a, a guy that I was fairly, I would call him a friend at the time. We became good friends later. Uh, he, uh, on a dare, said, hey, if you're such a bad butt, why don't you come to the wrestling room and prove it? And... Um, he was a 172 pounder, so he was a little bit bigger than I was. But um, we, I went out for the first uh, my freshman year, first year uh, wrestling practice. Went out for the first day and uh, got my butt handed to me. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> um, that happens. But that being said, um, I was able to hang well enough to keep enough interest in it and stayed with it for my freshman year. Was able to let her, uh, and then it's all been committed to it since you know okay how uh, old are you so i'm 40 almost i'll be 41 at the end of this year i did not we're the same age um, yep. really old <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know about you i feel really old yeah. some days yeah. so, so yep. it's uh usually i don't know usually is not the right term but a, a lot of wrestlers that are have a lot of success especially that go on to wrestle at a collegiate level and further start when they're like five I mean, they're they're yeah. wrestlers from the kindergarten up. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's usually like dad wrestled, and then yeah. he had his son wrestle. And, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting to me that you started in high school. I I really would have thought that you'd been doing this since the third grade or something. Yeah. No, I I actually hadn't. My um, uh, I guess in in grade school I wasn't very athletic. I liked mm -hmm. to be outside. Like to uh, of course fight with my. I had a, have a younger brother and two sisters. I'd fight with my brother all the time, um, but in a good way. I mean, yeah. we have, have a very good relationship. But um, uh, other than, you know, of course, everybody's seen Karate Kid and all that kind of stuff growing up, especially when you're 40. Yeah, you know, I watched it last week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> so, yeah, you've seen that and you, you want to do, uh, you know, you, you think you have the idea that that's what you want to do. Sure, and, yeah. And um, so, no, not very athletic really growing up. I played a little bit of basketball in – 
in uh, grade school, junior high, obviously at five foot six, that's <laughs> never going to be my thing. Uh, and I can't shoot either. So uh, basketball was a short-lived career. Uh, played football actually um, in junior high, um, at the end of grade school into junior high. Wasn't much into it. Um, I played, did okay, didn't really like it. Um, then I went back and played uh, junior and senior year uh, football because they needed people. Uh, and they got a new football coach. Uh, he got us on – our football team sucked. They were awful in high school. They went – I think my most of my high school uh, time, they were very much into a losing season. Um, mm-hmm. Played one year uh, with them, and it was like a one-and-eight season. It was just – Oh, wow. It, where, it was, where did you go to high school? So I actually grew up in Oregon. Oh, um, okay. Spent uh, most of my uh, growing up years in Oregon. Um, lived in Colorado for a little while, but most of most of my time was in Oregon. Uh, like military family or something? Is no, that- uh, no, not at all. My dad, uh, I, we do have some military in our family, but uh, uh, my dad got a new job in Oregon, uh, moved us out there. I think I was, I was young. I, I don't know, three, four years old, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so the majority of my life was was in Oregon up through high school, and then went to to college in Florida. Wow, so, that's kind of a yeah. absolute change, it's right? A big change. <laughs> Literally as far yeah. away from Oregon as you can possibly get. It is, and it's an interesting story. Um, Let's hear it. We like uh, interesting yeah, stories. Uh, well, uh, so yeah, wrestling was my thing. I did play uh, high school football for two years. Um, that our high school new high school football coach went on, and they were a very very successful team. He got all the football players and wrestlers and you, Dan, you probably know this, the bigger, faster, stronger program. Yeah. Put everybody yeah. on that, got everybody in the weight room, everybody doing conditioning. Uh, and it was game changer for that school yeah. uh, up until just even several years ago. So over that 20 something year span, uh, you know, it kind of goes to show what a good coach, even when he's no longer there, what he can do sure. for a yeah. program. Um, so in the meantime, I think it was my sophomore year of high school. We got a new, uh, wrestling coach our our wrestling coach before really good guy uh, but very very old school wrestler I mean he's one of these dudes that would literally put a trash can in the middle of the wrestling room shut the doors turn the AC off and we ain't leaving until somebody's puking I mean that's just <laughs> that's old school yeah oh yeah I mean that's how he was and you know he was a good, decent wrestler for his day but we got a, a new coach my sophomore year of high school he was uh he was a collegiate wrestler had been on some uh, I guess some USA wrestling teams, uh, done some uh, international wrestling. And when I met him, um, it wasn't, you know, I think we probably meshed as coach and athlete fairly well. Um, but I saw somebody that was like, I want to do that. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know why I want to do it, but I want to go wrestling college. Um, I want to kind of do what he did. And yeah. he went to University of Coeur d'Alene, I believe, is where he went. He was an All-American there. Um, good wrestler, very good wrestler. So um, that kind of set the trajectory of what I wanted to do. Uh, unfortunately, in high school, I wasn't nearly as successful as I wanted to be. Uh, I did go to the state tournament. Uh, Oregon is, and I'm, you know, I don't say this to knock on any other states, but it sure. is a pretty competitive wrestling state. Next to the Midwest states, it's going to be. Yeah. you know, up there as yeah. far as competitive wrestling. You know, but well, when you think about wrestling geographically, the the middle of the of the country is where the, yeah. the you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, Iowa, yeah. Ohio, mm, for uh, sure. Nebraska. I mean, like, it fucking snows eight 
eight months what out of the year. You know? <laughs> like, what, what else is going on? Basketball so. and, and throwing people on their head. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so from there, uh, just under, you know, under him and, and getting a lot of wrestling experience, um, I had full intentions of uh, working on a scholarship to either Portland State or Oregon State University. That was the plan and the goal. My senior year in football, uh, right towards the end of the season, uh, believe it or not, in 165 pounds, I played uh, weak side guard. Um, we ran a, a lot of trap blocks, and they needed somebody that could actually get there and get in the way. So, yeah. um, uh, Well, knowing you, you, uh, you could be <laughs> successful at anything physical. <laughs> well, yeah. it, it, it was, that was an interesting experience playing uh, football. As a, I, I literally had a big old Samoan guy one time. Uh, we played them every year, this, this high school. Uh, they had a whole bunch of Samoans in that area for some reason. I don't know why, but at that school, a lot of them went on to play um, college football. But this dude looked at me across the line, and I'm sitting here thinking, what in the world am I going to do? How am I even going to stop him? Yeah. You know, and I wasn't. And he looked at me and told me, he said, I'm going to carry you back to your quarterback, and I'm going to sack him. And I said, not today. And he said, oh, yes. And he literally did. He picked me up. He carried me all the way back there and sacked our quarterback. So the next play I lined up, he said, I'm going to do it again. I said, not this time. I cut blocked that dude three times in the knee, and he was done for the rest of the day. So, yeah. uh, but well, Interesting uh, fact, um, U.S. Samoa, I don't, this was a while ago that I read this, has the, the most – Athletes in the NFL per capita of any American state or territory. I believe it. Those guys. I don't know why. Yeah. Like they're just it's tough dudes. Culture, yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. They're phenomenal athletes and big. Yeah. I mean, those guys were just huge. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, there's a big difference between a 160 pound football player and a 160 pound wrestler. Whenever it comes to shoulder to shoulder, true. You know what I mean, probably. Yeah, I mean, so like, there's a lot of hand fighting that goes on in football too. But if you know how to use overhooks, underhooks, and attack the knee line, then you're going to have a good advantage to it. Chop blocks in the knee seem like they work pretty <laughs> <Yeah>. good. <laughs> About three of them is all he needed. Um, Just blow out his MCL, you'll be fine. Well. He did leave on a stretcher, um, and I felt and, a little bad. about And you're not that, proud but, about it, but you but you are proud about it. Well, it is what it is. You know, <laughs> he was I mean, cocky. He won the first round. He did. So, <laughs> so it took me two more to get him, but that's okay. My uh, uncle was. Uh, he played for some. I don't know. Some place in Tennessee. Not not the Volunteers. Uh, he he played collegiate football, and um, he tells his story so. I, I don't remember what position he played, but he said there was a guy on the other team that was missing an arm, and uh, he was blocking that guy or whatever. And you know, he felt bad. He was like, "Well, guy ain't, ain't got an arm." And so my dad or my uncle said to kick off, and uh, here comes this guy with no arm, and it's his that's his assignment. And and my dad's or my uncle's going to go kind of light on him, and this guy just I mean just runs him over, just flattens him. <laughs> <laughs> and so after the plays over, they blow the whistle, and he dude walks over to my uncle, and he's like, "Yeah, I usually get one of those per per game." And my uncle's like, "You'll not get another one," <laughs> and just floors him every time he gets a chance. <laughs> I'm sorry for interrupting. Please oh no, continue. you're good. Um, so Are, yeah, we um, it was I think it was the about the fourth game of the season, maybe. I don't know. I pulled on a trap block, and we weren't doing very well in that game. And I pulled, and I it. I remember that night because it was so dadgum cold. I mean, we were playing in in um, the eastern part of Oregon, which I don't know if you're familiar with Oregon or not, but it is a, 
that part of the state is somewhat desert. So, you know, in November, it's 20 couple degrees. I mean, just freezing cold. I pulled on that block and I hit that guy. And I don't know exactly all what happened, but when I, when I hit the ground, I do know that my right arm was out. Oh, that's no good. And it rolled everything up. And my hand was up here. Oh, God. It, it broke it? Oh, yeah. Broke all that stuff? Yeah, it broke it. Um, so that really set back the the wrestling plans. Yeah. Um, so that was, I I guess that was um, September. School started September there. So sometime in October, I guess, is when that was. So I was already going to miss the first part of senior year wrestling season. Mm-hmm. There was no question about it. Uh, I did actually, after um, I think four weeks, was able to come back with the cast, and they had got some kind of um, actually what it had done, I don't know which bone this is, but it had taken a part of it and turned it completely yeah. upside down. Um, so they oh, had to God. go in there and straighten it back up. Fortunately, they were able to do it with no surgery. Um, they really? were able to, yeah, they were able to take needles and pins and move it around and it was pretty gnarly. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was nasty, but they were able to do it with no, uh, you know, no surgery or anything. Yeah. So that was very nice. So, but I had to wear a cast, and they called me Captain Hook after that because my <laughs> wrist had to stay like this. I couldn't really? straighten it to keep that bone lined up appropriately. Yeah. But um, that works out for a collar tie, though. It does work you out know? for a collar tie. So, yeah, I mean, I couldn't do I, – I, I think four, four or five weeks I had to take off with no contact football at all. But with the cast on, and they had some kind of foam that they had gotten uh, – the, the coaches had gotten that they were able to wrap that thing with. And so I had like a six pound club on this arm. <laughs> and you know what you do oh, yeah. when you got a hand with a yeah. six pound club. So yeah. um, that thing turned into a pretty good little weapon. But I wasn't even, uh, I had to keep it on until wrestling season. And then, you know, when you come out of a cast of however, eight weeks, whatever, you're in a cast, your arm's real weak and sure. and lots of problems and no, no grip strength really. Yeah. Um, so anyway, got all that rehab back in. Uh, by that time, it's wrestling season. Um, start wrestling, things are going pretty well, and then uh, broke my dad got my ankle uh, on my left foot. I guy shot in on a single. I sprawled, stepped up, reshot on his, and and I run the pipe. And when I turned, something in my ankle just blew. And I thought, well, you know, it's no not that big of a deal. I could still walk on it. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't hurt real bad. It Yet. of course, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah it is the key word. Um, it. Uh, was black and blue, but really didn't swell up that bad. Yeah. I thought, well, maybe it's just a sprain, you know. Um, but no, it wasn't. It split uh, whatever your outside bone is. It split it Fibia. right up the, the middle uh, of the bone. Um, oh. And still to this day, you know, I've still got a little bit of um, cartilage issues and tendon yeah. and ligament issues in there. Was that just from, I mean, he like there was no contact on no. your... It was just... Your horsepower against just the hard drive, yeah, just twist and traction yeah. against rotational yeah. force. Basically. I guess. Yeah, I mean, it popped. Um, the wrestling coach on the other side of the room, he uh, come running over. I mean, he said, "Man, I heard that thing." I said, "Yeah, something ain't right." Um, so yeah, that that set me back another six weeks. Um, had a I couldn't wrestle. I did walk. Uh, in fact, um, I was still doing a lot of the conditioning, but I couldn't couldn't wrestle. Uh, so anyway, my senior year, I made it to uh, the state tournament, which is a, you know, it's a reasonably good thing uh, in Oregon at the, that level um, it, to make it to a state tournament. But it just, you know, I went there, didn't place, didn't do anything. Um, and I thought, man, college ain't even going to happen now for as far as wrestling is concerned. Yeah. Because um, there was no, at, at that point, no uh, 
scholarship opportunity where I wanted to go. Okay. Um, so I, I wrestled in between my junior and senior year uh, on a team. It was actually a missionary outreach team, um, but they were associated with USA Wrestling. And uh, it's so weird that there's a yeah, like a Christian missionary like, outreach wrestling yeah, team. So, That's like an odd well, thing. You know? it, it, yeah, it was a it was an interesting thing. Um, my uh, college or high school um, uh, wrestling coach put me on to it, and he said, "Hey, you know, you need this experience. You need to go." Uh, get this level of competition. And so we went down to, uh, it was pretty neat. The The coaches of that team were volunteer coaches, but the guy that oversaw the program, uh, I believe his name was Gene Davis. He was actually a bronze medalist in the Olympics back in the, I think, 72 maybe. Um, but anyway, he plays in the story a little bit later. Uh, he It was pretty neat to go meet him, see an actual real Olympic medal, and sure. and then go up to the Olympic Training Center and see all that up there. I mean, it's phenomenal. That's pretty thing. cool. Yeah, yeah, up in Colorado Springs. It was, I did not realize I, – I, one of the reasons I love this podcast is because I get to have conversations with, with my friends that I would never – I mean, I don't know yeah. any of this about you. This yeah. is riveting to me. I'm over here like, tell more, tell more. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'll, I'll quit uh, interrupting. No, That's not did. true. I will not quit <laughs> interrupting, but – Please continue with your story. We'll continue. Um, so, yeah, uh, at that point, um, so I'd wrestled on that team and gotten a lot of experience, and that was pretty neat because we went down there. And, again, it was a, a Christian outreach team, but we wrestled at – we went to El Salvador, Guatemala, uh, several other places, and actually wrestled in their uh, their version of USA Wrestling tournaments. So we entered those tournaments because of the connections that the, the different wrestling coaches had. Uh, and actually did you know did really well sure um, so with these going to different countries did they have various rule sets yeah among so the countries yeah so it was freestyle wrestling i was actually yeah. on the freestyle team uh i did enter one tournament tournament in greco that was the first only and last <laughs> greco tournament i've ever <laughs> done trying to get thrown on your head no more so i, I wrestled well, I mean, if with if you're in freestyle you're getting thrown on your head either way yeah but greco like their their goal is to throw you on your head as hard as they possibly can it's like True. like yeah style points for how how high your feet go up and stuff (laughs) high amplitude throws is what they call it um so yeah i wrestled a uh probably second match i think um wrestled a guy from the dominican republic and um that didn't go very well that (laughs) for you for me yeah it went great for him uh he tossed me from one side of the mat to the other and i had um I don't remember. He was getting real close to a, what they call a tech fall, which is where he's outscored you so many points that you couldn't possibly couldn't come back. Yeah. So he he picks me up to throw me again. And Greco, you can't touch the legs when you're on your feet. It's all throws. Um, so I reached down between my legs. His legs were sitting there. I grabbed those things. And I'm like, I'm not flying again. <laughs> we're not we're not having that. So. Uh, Needless to say, after two more times of doing that, and each time I did that, it was a penalty point. Um, yeah. He won the match. So that was the the only Greco tournament I ever wrestled. Uh, I have a lot of respect. Well, you know, Randy Couture. Sure. Uh, yeah. He yeah. was uh, he was a Greco. He wrestler. was on the national Greco yeah. Roman team, is that yeah, right? he was. He was not an Olympian, though. I, no, I don't, I don't think he was. Uh, but he did. I'm pretty sure he would have done, like, the Pan Am Games and yeah. the Worlds and stuff like that. But I don't, I don't think he made it on the Olympic team. I've actually met him a couple of times. He was one of my Seriously? heroes. Like, oh, yeah. Dude, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, never never bet against Randy Couture. No. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. No. Well, so, you know, he's from um, 
Oregon, right around the area where I grew up. I did not know that. Yeah, he is. Um, which he's in, I think, Las Vegas now, right? With his yeah. gyms yeah. and stuff yeah. after UFC. Extreme Couture. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I've been to wrestling camps with that guy. Uh, nicest guy. You so ever seems met. like he would be. I mean, be. he's just down to earth. Uh, I saw him at a, I went to a, it wasn't, it wasn't UFC, but it was a, uh, some kind of MMA thing in Oregon when I was out there one time and I saw him yeah. and ran over to him. I said, Hey man, can you sign my hat? You know, and yeah, he did, yeah. he just, he signed it and gave it back. Said, Hey, mm-hmm. have a good day. I'm like, that's the kind of guy he sure. was, you know, yeah. or he is. Um, and then, um, so the wrestling camps with, with him, I remember being very instructional and getting thrown around a lot. <laughs> I mean, he just, he was an animal back then. I mean, he yeah. would, he would teach the wrestling camps and then he'd have training sessions while we were on lunch. I mean, that's yeah. just kind of, and he was training the whole time. Right. I mean, wearing sweats and I mean, he's just, he's that kind of guy, you know, he doesn't let her, ever let well, up. I mean, he so. was, he was just an insane man. Like he came out of retirement, what, three times? He was like the UFC bouncer for a while. <laughs> yeah. Somebody he, got, he definitely hyped, was. Somebody got hyped up in the heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, Dana, uh-huh. give me one more. Yeah. When he went against Brock Lesnar, man, the yeah. size difference was insane. But whenever he smashed Brock up against the cage, like Brock couldn't move from there. He couldn't. He had insane control. And the coolest, uh, one of the coolest things I heard was actually from Joe Rogan on the podcast, on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. He said that Randy was the only person you would see that was happy to be in the ring. In oh, between yeah. rounds, his smile and he'd look over and wink at him. Like there was yeah. no nerves whatsoever. He was just ready to go to work. I always thought, um, so Randy was certainly one of my favorite. Uh, Matt Hughes is my favorite uh, UFC mm. uh, athlete of all time, which is weird because I, I I don't like him as a person. <laughs> he's kind of weird as a person. He, he's kind of an excellent athlete, you know? though. But like like his style of fighting and and I I found I found the UFC. I saw the the first one like yeah. live. I, I saw the live. first two or three live. Yeah. Um, my best friend's parents had a satellite. That was like um, like thirty foot tall in the backyard. Well, yeah, 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 definitely that. But I'm saying it was. Did you have to rotate it? No, it, it did it on its own. Oh, okay. It was mechanical. But uh, oh, those ones, nice ones. What was it? Uh, you get like illegal boxes. That, oh, they, they call them like the football cards that people used. Yeah, to Yeah, and you could get yeah. like all the pay per view stuff for free, yeah. and they had that. And so we weren't. Um, I don't remember how old I was, but I was. You know, I mean, it's ninety three. Let's see here. I was born in 79, 89. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I wasn't old enough to like where his parents were like, yeah, come watch these guys beat each other to death, yeah, you know? Yeah. So we, we like, once once all the adults had had a few drinks and they were really like excited about watching it, mm. like we like kind of poked our heads around the corner to, <laughs> to get to watch it, you know? But man, um, freaking Randy Couture was like the, the, the archetype for like just grinder wrestler Mm. like i'm going to take you down and beat you up that was like his entire strategy Mm -hmm. it's like good luck stopping that you know (laughs) so i think two uh two different people well randy couture was one uh for sure that you know i i don't wouldn't say i'd ever emulated his style at all um Mm. but his level of conditioning and go 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 that you know I've, i've always tried to do that uh, but the other two were the Brands brothers, uh, Tom and Terry Brands. Um, you can check them out on YouTube. They're nuts. Yeah, I don't um, think I know them. Yeah, well, they didn't do UFC. Um, oh, okay. They're, I thought you were talking they're about They're the UFC coaches fighters. now at, at Iowa. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, they must be okay then. So they were <laughs> under Dan Gable. Oh, that's um, right. Directly under Dan nice. Gable. Uh, both of them multinational champions. Uh, just 
I think one of them was a 125 pounder and the other was 123, but they were twin brothers. Mm. And they would literally beat the fool out of people wrestling. Oh. I mean, just the, the pressure that those guys would put on other athletes would break them. I mean, they'd break them in the first round. And they might not win until the third round or, you know, win by points. But you yeah. could literally see somebody break when they were going against them. Yeah. I mean, they just beat them up, pushed them. I mean, it was nothing for them. That, I'm not advocating this kind of unsportsmanlike conduct, but, you know, getting up out of the bounds and they'd just shove them out of, out of bounds and, and walk back to the center or, you know, it was mind games the whole oh, time yeah. they yeah. were playing. But they had the conditioning to back it up. Well, I mean, that was Gable's whole thing too, though. You know, I mean, yeah, he I mean, was the same way. Like He yeah. would try his best to just break somebody and make them quit before he won. I think wrestling won. is a little bit different than jujitsu. Like when people try that it's very with different. me, well, yeah, it is yeah. a lot different. It's actually the opposite, but but the same. It's weird. They're like <laughs> mirror images of each other. But yeah. for me, when people try that uh, mind game stuff, like I don't, I don't get. I'm not upset about it. I'm like, bro, whatever. I'm gonna try to tear your shit off when I get a hold of it. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I um, that that sort of mind, uh, or I don't know how do you say it. Like the <laughs> that intimidation. Like never, mm-hmm. it never worked on me. I I would just be like, well, you're kind of a dick. Like I hope I hurt you. That's yeah, like yeah. like well, the I mean, one or two times that's happened to me in jujitsu. Yeah. Like in competition, I'm like, man, why why are you mad? <laughs> I'm just it's a yeah. stupid Naga tournament. Like I'm just here to you know get some practice in. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of wrestlers that feel that way too. I think it's kind of athlete to athlete. You know, like there's been a lot of people that we've rolled with that I was able to break just from smashing pressure. For sure. You know what I mean? Like, people just quit. Like, you stay on somebody's face long enough with your oh, shoulder, yeah. Yeah, they're they, going to, like, just extend their arm out like they forgot to, and they're going to give themselves a way out. Same I, thing with wrestling. I tell people all the time when I'm teaching, especially when I'm teaching passing, yeah. uh, I rely heavily on, like, smash passing or close quarters passing. Mm. And, like, man, just put the cross face of doom on them. They'll, <laughs> they'll like, beg you to pass. They're yeah. like, man, please get off of my face. <laughs> like... <laughs> I mean, that's that's my general strategy. Make them want you to pass. Yeah. You know, b- between, like, shin pressure and creating, like, discomfort. Like, I mm. want my opponent to be like, please, please pass. Like, stop being in this <laughs> terrible <Yeah>. thing <laughs> in between passing, you know. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, c- continue, Aaron. I'm sorry. No, we're good. Um, I don't know where we left off Well, we were talking right? about uh, Randy Just, Couture at yeah. – um, uh, you went to the uh, Olympic Training Center. Oh yeah, going yeah, yeah. There. We went, uh, we went up there and got to see that. We didn't get a train up there. Uh, we trained at a different uh, facility, but um, mm-hmm. so anyway, the, the the coach, the the guy that oversaw that program, uh, was was friends and on the same Olympic team as my what ended up being my college coaches, mm-hmm. um, and they were twin brothers down in Florida in a private Christian college. Uh, small college they had won six or seven national championships to that point but it was in the, wow. the christian college association league so okay um you know that is what it is it was still good but they yeah. were just cleaning house right well that was all in the middle of when the what was it called title eight or title uh the equal proportion of men and women's sports kind of uh, uh that was uh, all i think it was was it title eight i believe so Hey, I'll was, think it here in a second. Yeah, it yeah. was some it was some deal with the colleges had to have equal proportions of men and women's sports. So mm. wrestling is not going to be the high 
bringing money into a college. You right. Know? Yeah. It's just not. And giving scholarships out to – no, if you're going to Iowa, yeah, they're bringing money. For in. sure. Mm-hmm. But um, basketball and football is where that's at. Basketball and football is where it's at, for sure. Baseball some. But wrestling's not it. It's one of the minor sports that's going to probably get cut. So a lot of schools were losing their programs uh, during that time, and a lot of them weren't giving the same amount of scholarship opportunities. Um, and, and at that point, I didn't have any opportunities so as far as scholarship was going. So I planned on going to Portland State, which was 45 minutes from my house, walking on, trying to redshirt a year, and just see what what could happen. Explain to people what red shirt means, because uh, I did not know this until we um, I became friends with uh, Eddie. He was a red shirt at uh, Pembroke mm-hmm. uh, his first year. So t- t- tell people what red shirt means. So basically, a, the way I understand a red shirt to be is you can go, you practice with the team, you go to uh, tournaments with the team, uh, but you're not on the main wrestling squad. So that year is kind of like a freebie. So it's kind of like probation almost. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you Probationary can. Probationary period. So a lot of, some athletes will use it when they get injured. So if they have to take a year off for getting injured, they'll redshirt that year. So they still have an extra year of eligibility. Okay. Um, so they can get their full four-year career in there. So basically you cram four years of school into five, which, you know, I might have, <laughs> yeah. would have done that anyway. <laughs> but um, you get, you know, you kind of get an extra year to, to build up your skill and, and uh, get some, uh, competition in and that kind of thing. It's like practice that doesn't count on your record. Right. But you can't go to the NCAA tournament. You can't go to some of the sanctioned events. I mean, you're okay. just kind of, it's like the, uh, I mean, it's not exact correlation, but it would be like a JV team almost. Okay. It okay. counts, but it doesn't count. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're still on the college squad, but you're not actually, you are on the team, but you're not wrestling under the team, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, that was my plan. Uh, but in the meantime, this, this guy from Florida kept calling me because I was on that other team. He kept calling and said, hey, come down here to Pensacola. Come check it out. Like, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, but the school that I went to is conservative Christian as they come. And I'm like, I ain't too interested in doing that. You know, I'm not. But I thought, well, I don't have anything to lose. That this, they, this school had actually transitioned out of the Christian College Association and went to what's called the National Collegiate Wrestling Association, um, which is where uh, a lot of these Title VIII school or the schools that were losing their programs because of Title VIII were going. Um, so I think my freshman year down there, they already had like 60 or 70 schools in this association. So, I mean, it was club teams. It was colleges. They had to be associated with a trade school or a college, but you had people. I mean, we wrestled anywhere from NAIA schools up to D1 schools. And would get to enter in all their tournaments, um, you know, wrestled all of them um, within our region, the SEC region. Um, and uh, so I thought, well, I'll just go down there and, and try it a year and see what happens. Well, I went down there. Thought, I mean, I walked on campus. I took a summer trip out there. And, of course, there's not that many people on campus. You don't really know what's going on. And yeah. uh, it was a game changer for me, <laughs> to say the least. I was not uh, not prepared to go down there, but I read the rule book. I knew exactly what, uh, you know, as a Christian, we had some shared beliefs for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was definitely a brand of Christianity that I was not. What, what was different? Like what was the thing that was, uh, so different from what you're used to? So, uh, they're what you would consider a fundamental independent Baptist school. They don't, they're not, they have a church on campus. They're not necessarily under a a local church. Uh, but they, 
uh, fit under what would be considered fundamental independent Baptist churches. What I, so, so I, there's a lot of names I just threw out. Yeah. There. <laughs> well, so like um, you know, my, my good friend J.M. is a minister and like a, I think he's a Methodist, but like mm-hmm. he, you know, he he went to seminary school, all the things, but like uh, I don't I don't know the difference as a huh, to quote the word. Uh, there's a what's that movie? Oh, brother, where art thou? Where he goes. Yeah. Uh, Who's the main character? You've never seen the movie seen Oh Brother Where Art Man, what is it wrong just, with you? It didn't hit with me. I'm sorry. My oh, wife loves you, it too. You but, are wrong. Yeah. It's the best. <laughs> it's like the third best movie of all time. Okay. Anyway, ever yeah, Everett Ulysses S. McGill. He's the main character. What is the? What's the the, the main actor? George Clooney. George Clooney. Yeah. yeah. He says, "Well, I remain unaffiliated. That's that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm neutral." Yeah. So explain to me like. How that's different than what you're that what you're normally used to. All right, so um, I grew up at least um, I think I was twelve or so, thirteen years old, under uh, what would be called a Brethren Church. Um, they're a non-denominational church. They would trace their roots back to the uh, Daniel. Will you get me one too? To the Plymouth Brethren. Um, what does that mean? Well, that's the Brethren that came over. To Plymouth Township, okay, uh, they would be all associated there. Um, but w- my parents left that church because of some major issues in there. Uh, as often happens, I mean, as, people you know yeah. come and go so from churches. We went uh, to a non-denominational church after that, uh, and that was most of my growing up. Um, so they, that church uh, is a big church out in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, unlike here. Um, in the South, there's not a church on every corner. There's just not. Um, Man, here you can't throw a rock and not hit a church. No, you can't. And I personally, I think that's a problem. But there's a whole lot of options. There's a whole lot of options. And there's a reason why there's a whole lot of options. I was about to say, not all of them are good reasons. Well, hey, I mean, (laughs) a big majority of them are not. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, a fundamental independent... um, Baptist school, although they would call themselves non-denominational, that is primarily the the demographic that they're reaching, okay. um, which is uh, very conservative, um, very uh, typically would adhere to one version of the Bible. They would typically have, you know, very set dress standards, uh, a lot associated with that. I don't know if you want to get into all that well, uh, on here. Uh, sure, yeah. we Man, this is a totally open forum. We don't have any... Yeah. We just talk like about whatever we want. I will say it's odd to me that like how you dress is somehow related to your religious beliefs. That seems odd. Like yeah. as a not as a non Christian, it's it's weird that I can't imagine God would give a shit like how you dress. You know, that's well, just my own opinion. Yeah. So again, we can we can run this road as, as well, deep yeah, as you want to go. I look forward but, to it. Um, like, the biblical principle is modesty in all things. Okay. Um, anything else additional to that is, I mean, there are some requirements in Scripture, uh, you know, but anything primarily that you're adding to it is a man-made thing. Okay. It is something that is tradition or it is something that has been brought in by a certain group of people or pastor or whatever um, so this school in particular, uh, again, very good school, academically, very, very rigorous school. Uh, but it, 
it was a shock when I went down there. I Did mean, you have to? So they required you to wear to dress a certain way slacks in a blazer or whatever i don't know what yeah, i'm just yeah, making yeah. So, shit up but yeah so you did you had there was a, a very stringent dress code um you know hair had to be cut certain length couldn't have your sideburns wherever uh, i'm making up for that now. <laughs> <laughs> i will probably never shave my beard again yes, I, yeah. I don't ever intend on it man when i was uh, a kid i like i had sideburns i, I I wanted the biggest sideburns I could possibly Mutton get. Chops. Basically, I yeah, just yeah. shaved my my goatee. That was it. I just had. <laughs> so, but yeah, not to knock on that school. You know what you're signing up for when yeah. you go down there. Right. I mean, at least if you read the manual and and know what you're a part of, uh, mm-hmm. going to be a part of, you do. Um, so I went down there uh, to make a long story short. On that part of it was, man, I I had zero intention on staying down there mm-hmm. uh, at all. Uh, I went down there. Started wrestling, of course, and um, actually started finding some really good success in wrestling. Um, and I thought, well, you know, I'm just going to stick it out this year. I'm, I'm going to make it through this year, and um, I'm not going to come back, but I'm going to make it through this year. And in the meantime, actually, in September of that year, I met my wife for the first time. I didn't know she was going to be my wife that time, <laughs> right. but I met her. And you and met her at college? At like college, she she yeah. went to the same college? She did. Um, so I met her there, and we ended up dating all the way through. In fact, we got engaged our junior year uh, and stayed. Um, we, we were dating the whole time, got engaged. We were engaged my junior and senior year um, of college and then got married right when we uh, graduated. So really, and, you know, of course, again, as a Christian, I believe in, in, in the providence of God, and I believe that he... Uh, arranged that to keep me down there because I had zero intentions of staying there at that school. Um, as an as a non Christian, it's I mean it's you can't hardly argue with the logic though. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? That was sure. pretty. Yeah. That worked yeah. out pretty good. You know, <laughs> it did, and we've been uh, uh, married ever since and had lots and lots of kids. <laughs> it <laughs> should be noted, our listener. T- tell everyone how many kids you have. So we have uh, seven kids. Yeah, um, so their their family, their immediate family, is almost enough for a baseball. Well, no, they have enough players for a baseball team. Yeah, so there's there's nine of us. Uh, <laughs> so. What position do you play on your baseball team? <laughs> uh, I'm the umpire. <laughs> All the time. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I stayed down there uh, wrestling. Um had had good success. Uh, wasn't I made it to the national tournament all four years. Was a all American once, um, but I wrestled with a squad of dudes that were tough. I mean, several of these guys were multiple uh, national champion, multiple time national champion. Some of them in the Christian School League. Some of them in the, in the NCAA. Uh, some of them left there and went to wrestle at other schools. Uh, but I think, again, that comes back to the, the coaching that we had there. Those yeah. The two coaches, incredible coaches, both of them um, were multiple-time national champions and both of them uh, Olympic team members. Yeah. I think it was the 68 and 72, I don't remember. But both of these guys, they were twin brothers too, uh, not Tom and Terry Brands. It was uh, uh, Hayes Winkle was their last name. They um, – 130 pounds and 60 years old as our, as, as our coach then. And they would roll with anybody in the room. It didn't matter if it was the heavyweight at 260 pounds of slam you on your head. It ma- it didn't matter. They would roll with anybody in the room. Uh, and until they got tired, they were going to beat the fool out of you. And they did. <laughs> um, 
So I, I think a lot of the success of that program was just directly related to those two coaches. That is really awesome. Um, so that's why, how I ended up staying down there, and that was the majority of, of my wrestling career. Um, it's kind of interesting now that uh, so where I think it was um, Eddie went to Penbrook. He did. We yep. wrestled Penbrook several times. We'd see him throughout the year. We'd see him in – we had dual matches with him. We would see him in tournaments uh, all over uh, North Carolina, wrestled up at App State. I, the first time I went up to App State, I thought, man, it'd be kind of cool to live here. That was my <laughs> freshman year of college. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> yeah, so I thought, man, I'm, I'm only 25 miles away from there now, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's like, it's pretty amazing to think, you know, you look back, and again, this goes back to the issue of Providence. You look back and see all these things lined up, and now here we are 20 years later, and you can just see the connecting thread through the whole thing. Yeah. How um, did you get to Hickory, North Carolina? Uh, so... My wife's from North Carolina, and I, that what, what part of North Carolina? She's from, from uh, Elizabeth City, uh, which is out or by the coast. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, it's a Coast Guard. Her her father was in the the military. He was a Coast Guard um, career Coast Guard guy, and um, so she grew up uh, most of the time in Elizabeth City. Uh, they went down to different Coast Guard bases off and on, but the majority of her uh, life was in Elizabeth City. So in school, I met a guy that. Uh, Actually lives damn gnats attacking uh, <laughs> attack gnats. Uh, he lives in Lenora, North Carolina, and he come. He lives here uh, even to this day. He lives in Lenora, um, and I came, started coming up here in the summers instead of going back in or, uh, to Oregon because uh, Leslie, my now wife, I could work out here and then drive out to her house and then come back work and go back out to her house and so that was pretty much my. Um, I think I moved out here my sophomore year of college at the end of my sophomore year and have basically been here ever since. So that's 20 couple years. Well, we're, we're really glad to have you. Western North Carolina needs awesome people. And I consider you one of the awesome people. I, um, wrestling's kind of, kind of a interesting, uh, I didn't wrestle at all. And my wrestling is not great. Anyone that knows me will tell you, will <laughs> attest. No, I but it, but it's that. got but it's gotten better, yeah, it's right? Good. Like it continues to improve. And uh, so we have a we, we've referenced him before. We have a wrestler, uh, a collegiate wrestler named Josh, who trains here as well. He's an animal. He is an animal. That dude <laughs> is six four, two twenty. Got abs. I'd say he's probably more than two twenty. Well, he he's, says he's two twenty. Well, I don't I don't know yeah. how big he is. So yeah. yesterday at open mat. Okay, it should be noted. I consider like my two uh, wrestling, uh, maybe three wrestling coaches. So Justin Chandler has been my wrestling coach the longest, mm-hmm. uh, and and you know I try not to just lean on uh, Chandler all the time. Yeah. But then like uh, he does have a good single. Though. He does. He <laughs> he can turn everything into <laughs> yes. a single. Uh, Aaron, you've been a huge addition to my to my wrestling ability, and now I've started to work with Josh some. Uh, you know just. That way, I get there's all one of the three of you are always at a practice. Yeah. At, so yesterday at Open Map, um, Josh was like, "Hey, coach, you want to roll?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah. Let, let's let's wrestle some." He's like, "Okay." And I, I mean, I hate wrestling. I hate it, but I but I know I need it. So I was like, uh, "Yeah, I start on my feet and I start working inside ties." And Josh just has like. I mean, his fucking hands, he grabs a hold of your elbows and I can't get it back. I'm like, yeah. man, give me my drag. elbow back, you know? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Stop. And he, he'd arm drag me and go to my back every single time. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I will say, kid is, 
I appreciate him so much. He's the nice as can be. He, my God, he's got one gear, man. Listen, no, no, no. He, <laughs> okay. he does. He can control himself. He he would arm drag me and go to the back and get a tight waist and and I mean put me like my body would be parallel about head high with his head. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, if this dude slams me. If I don't die, I'm going to go to the car and get my pistol and shoot him. <laughs> right? Like, that's not because I can't do nothing else, right? Yeah. And then, like, I mean, he'll snatch me up, like, super fast. Yeah. And then, like, real politely set me back down. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, thanks, Josh. Let me get back up. I bet he did that ten times in one five-minute His round. arm drag is, is on it's point. It's phenomenal. It like, is. how do you – I ask him. I was like, how – how do I stop you from doing that? He's like, oh, don't you, let him you, touch your elbows. Yeah. So, so I started like keeping my elbows yeah. away, and then he just started single legging me. I was like, damn it. <laughs> but I will say, like, um, I, I told that story only to, to kind of reiterate that that weight and size, it it doesn't matter if you want it to be or not. When you're talking about skilled people, it's really important. It is. Yeah. It, it, there's a, yeah. a huge difference between. Listen, I don't. You might be a better wrestler than Josh, like on a technical level. You probably are. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but you are certainly a more accomplished, like uh, decorated wrestler than Josh. But I, I can I can sort of defend myself against you because I'm bigger than you. Mm, yeah. Josh is a fucking giant, and he yeah. just like makes me feel like a child. I'm like, mm. I, I can't do nothing with so that. My only solution with him right now. Is the pole guard? <laughs> well, that's as what a, I do. I'm as like, a wrestler, well, I'm pulling. I'm welcome to jujitsu. <laughs> well, I, I want to say this. This is uh, this goes for all of the wrestlers, but um, it, specifically you, Chandler, and Josh. Like, mm. I mean, specifically, I am super proud of the three of you. Yeah. Especially Chandler, but especially you now. And I'm working on Josh. Um. You, you are a good wrestler. You don't, you don't come here to wrestle. You, you, yeah. you, I can't teach you anything about wrestling. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. You're, you teach me about wrestling. What, what I am truly impressed by, especially you, uh, but, but all three of you is that, um, once I explained, I was like, listen, we all know you can wrestle, like stop wrestling. Don't stop yeah. wrestling. But like, we, did you come here to wrestle? Did you come, come here to learn jujitsu? Once I explained it, like, I was like, "Hey, start on start in your guard, man. Your guard is fantastic now. Yeah. Like you have a fantastic guard. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to take the wrestler out. I want to put jujitsu in. So I think one of the things that I've tried to do the last several months, anyway, um, and it was it was the speech. The speech helped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it did, but I really have tried not to to really wrestle." Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not going to say if I get in a bad spot, I'm not going to use it. You but, should. You yes, should use um, it, but. You're already good at that. Yeah. yeah. Make that plan B or C. Yeah. You know, like try to try some other stuff first. If that ain't working, then go to wrestle. I have been pulling guard a lot. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you like scissor sweep me the other day. I was like, where did that come from? That's not yeah. fair. Last yeah. round I put in with Aaron. I mean, literally, I, t- I like grabbed. We were in the gi even. I like yeah. touched his collar and he pulled guard. I was like, what just happened here? Yeah. I like, it blew my mind. I was like, what am I going to do now? I don't understand. Yeah. How am I going to not work off of my back? Mm. <laughs> I found that it, at least for me, of course, you know, I've got real short legs and not very tall, but if I can get into guard, mm-hmm. usually I can get out. You have a yep. tough um, guard. It um, is. So I don't mind to, 
at least at this point, I don't mind going to guard. Now, yeah. there's a couple people in the room that like to put a lot of pressure. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. There's a couple yeah. that like to put some uh, neon on belly kind of stuff that gets mm-hmm. a little obnoxious sometimes. But uh, Well, the good thing can, about neon belly is you can turn it straight into a single. Like, if you yeah. just work on and some of the principles yeah, that we've been working that's on, it. that's a single. That's like, it. Um, I invite people, like, when they knee cut across, I'm like, cool, I'm going to yeah. turn that into a single leg. Yep. So what is, I think it's like videos 17 or 18 in the Path of Blue Belt. Okay. I've been watching. <laughs> right. um, there is that dynamic. Uh, oh, the, the, the dynamic. dynamic. Yeah. yeah. And so, yep. and that's exactly it. I mean, when that knee comes. We're it's just like a little a trigger. Yeah. yeah. And then go into a single and then sometimes outside to the, pick up the outside leg and, and drive through. Yeah. Um, I I am, I, I love how, how similar wrestling is, but. But the rules are different in jujitsu. It's just like wrestling and jujitsu are, in principle, the same. It's just the rules allow allow it to be more open. I guess yeah. I should say. Well, it took a, and I still struggle with some, but it took a long time to be comfortable being on my back. Sure. I mean, well, you spent a lifetime of never, ever, ever, that. ever being on your back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried very, very hard not to. Uh, to ever be on my back in fact that um i a lot of my matches in college um i wrestled so my freshman year i wrestled 149 and it would have been probably best for me to stay at 149 the whole time mm-hmm. i would naturally in the summers be 165 or so uh, you know we were doing uh, i guess you would call it crossfit before it was crossfit yeah. um you know, just kind of uh, more functional strength training. Like and heavy mod- metabolic training. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. a lot of plyometrics and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd stay like 160, 165. And then when we start really conditioning, it wouldn't be that difficult to drop down to like 153, 152. So yeah. that drop to 149 was no big deal. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I stayed there my freshman year, uh, did well. Second year, I thought, well, I did really well at 149. I think I'm going to cut down to 41. And so I started, actually started that season uh, at 171 and, and lifting all summer long, uh, taking stuff, you know, just got pretty jacked. Yeah. And I started at 171. I thought, I'm going to cut all the way down to 141. That sounds crazy. 30 pounds. Yeah, and man. I thought... I thought this is a good idea. Well, I wish somebody would have told me that no, yeah. you're an idiot. So, like, <laughs> wait, wait. So you were like in season at 171. I started or? the wrestling season. I went. I went to college yeah. at 171. So the wrestling wait. season. We. I mean, when we got there in September, we were starting to have practices. The season didn't actually. Yeah, so you start cut down a little bit. Man, you, I was cut. You yeah. must have been shredded. Because like, no, what, what do you weigh right now? Uh, I weigh 163 right now, and that's uh, I've actually this month Daniel gained about three pounds. Nice, so it's been good. Happy to hear. Yeah, yeah. Daniel's been helping me with some conditioning or yeah, been stuff. Doing his programming for the past month. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. good man. Very it's similar good stuff, to the right? program that yeah. you're on. Yeah, yeah. I I messed up last week. Um, I only got two of my three workouts in last week, but mm-hmm. I think I deserve a pass only because I started a new job and my job's like super physical and I just didn't have the fucking time to get there. Man, shut up. You man, <laughs> go how many hours you run uh, weed eater and mowing and out in the hot sun? So I well, wor- we yeah, work out yeah. at uh I try and How many classes did you teach last week? <laughs> Not a one. Not a single one. Not a single how many one. did you attend? Two. Two. Yeah. Well, Daniel, I taught five <laughs> on top of working five mm-hmm. and I was at open mat. Where were you? Mm-hmm. That's what I, I thought. Home. 
yeah. F off. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so, uh, sophomore year, I thought I'd cut down to 141, and I did. And um, it was uh, it was tough. The first half of the season wasn't that bad. Um, and I did. I got lean. Um, I think I had probably, I mean, I had 30-inch pants. Yeah. And I had I was folding them up. I mean, so I mean, twenty seven, twenty eight inch waist. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Um, you had a belt for sure. I did have a belt. <laughs> yes, I wouldn't have made it without one. Yeah. So the first half of the season was good. I uh, was able to stay competitive, but at that school we went on a road trip in December, uh, right after Christmas, and then most of Feb- uh, January we'd be wrestling, you know, two three times a week at tournaments or dual matches or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had four weeks of solid wrestling. So you're making weight at least twice a week. Oh man. So there was times I'd be trying to cut 12, 13 pounds twice a week. God, that's and really it, dangerous. It, it was, it just wore me out and, and it didn't become about wrestling anymore. It was about making, it was weight. about making weight. Yeah. Yeah. And I hated it. I absolutely hated that road trip. I didn't do very good. I mean, I enjoyed the time out on the road, but I didn't do very well because mm-hmm. just physically I was so drain i ended up in tournaments entering at 149 anyway because uh, i just couldn't always be making consistently the 141 and uh, uh the problem was we had two other guys at 49 that were every bit as good if not a little better than i was so mm-hmm. and know, that was they, their natural that way, was so their natural well, way. that was their energy was that good. was their spot they that was their it. spot yeah. so um and and rightfully they had it you know there was no uh um no way I was going to take it from them, you know. So how does that work out? Do all three of y'all wrestle at 49? Or So, no, I uh, actually went at 141 to the national tournament. I, the, in our tournament, uh, regional tournament, went, uh, I think I took second that year at 141. Yeah. And then went to the national tournament. I don't remember what I placed in the regional tournament. You had to place in the top three to go to nationals. Yeah. And it, I think it was either second or first. I can't remember now. But at the time at the tournament, I was rated number one in the nation that year. Oh, really? And That's I went awesome. there and did not win a match. People that I had, the two people that I wrestled, one of them I had beaten previously, and I feel like I probably could have beat the other guy too. Yeah. But I just didn't, I had zero energy whatsoever. And in the meantime, I had actually torn a hernia, um, mm-hmm. which I actually had had for a couple of years, but I'd really tore it out that year bad and had to. So I wrestled that year sick. I couldn't yeah, perform no very well. Uh, in fact, my wrestling coaches didn't even know. I didn't tell them. Um, because yeah, that's I, dangerous. It was. It was stupid. Yeah. And if I look back low now, hernia or high hernia? No, it was low. low and it, I mean, it, when it would blow out, it would be the size of my fist. Oh. You have to pack that thing back oh. in. And it, it was, oh, my God. So anyway, at the end of my sophomore year, I got surgery and got it fixed. But uh, I swore I was never cutting weight again. And I didn't. I wrestled 157 for two years, which was too big, um, but I didn't care. I mean, I I was never cutting weight again, and I was able to keep that spot on the team at 157. Um, but I won probably 95% of my matches from being in shape. Um, so, I mean, it, our, so many of my matches would be like 3-2 to two or 5-4 to four or whatever, which is – Kind of college wrestling anyway. Hey, I a mean, win's a win. A win's a win. <laughs> That's but how you get one. I mean, who cares? I didn't overpower anybody in right. 157. It wasn't happening. Just drag him in the deep water and let him uh, drown. Just, yeah. I mean, it usually the match would go. I'd get taken down. I'd fight on the ground and get, you know, there's, there's riding time in college. Uh, get that escape and 
I wouldn't say I'd stall because you got to keep active, you know, especially in college wrestling. They like to call uh, stalling calls a lot more than they do in high school. But stay active enough to keep the yeah. ref happy. Yeah. And then third round, I'm just going to go as hard as I can go for, you know, this is two minutes. You, you're going to go hard. Oh, and yeah. so just go, go, go. I mean, I had a lot of overtime uh, matches. Um, but, again, 57 was too big. Uh, I made it to the national tournament both times but didn't. Uh, you know, never won. Uh, just well, you're still listen. <laughs> still a pretty accomplished wrestler. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't. There is something about uh, the type of person who is who can be a competitive wrestler. You guys are just animals. I mean, you're just you're just not normal people. You're not. I mean, like like the normal person doesn't know the struggle of like. Even, man, I feel like we train pretty hard in jiu-jitsu. We don't train a tenth as hard as no. wrestlers train. Mm. Now, keep in mind, this is a this is a business as much. I mean, you know, the, the average Joe doesn't want to come in here and, and wrestle till he throws up. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's not like. <laughs> I don't want to well, do it. <laughs> sure, you know. The new guys normally do. <clears throat> well, they don't want to. They <laughs> just do. that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> It, you no, want to hear the happen, story? It happens very often, but this one is worth talking about. Yeah, let's, let's hear that All story. Right. I heard so it the other story. night, but I like it. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it was Monday. Yeah, it was Monday. It, yeah, it, it was been... Monday. It was a gi day, and yeah. um, this kid showed up, and apparently he'd been here earlier and talked to Daniel mm-hmm. about uh, coming to class, and I don't know. He seemed like a nice enough kid, and he yeah. showed up a half hour late for class. I was like, "Well, that's kind of weird. Why are you?" <laughs> Who are you and why are you here? Um, you got that corona? No, I got that dry throat. That okay. <laughs> um, he showed up and he, he asked me if he could train. I was like, yeah, man, cool. Have you already filled out the waiver? And apparently he'd filled it out while it, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, I was actually down there teaching the kids um, in the middle of the day. Okay. When he showed up. So I just had him go ahead and fill out a waiver sure. and get it out of the way. So I was like, but yeah. this is a morning class. Well, no. No, it's an evening class. Daniel, he came. I do private lessons for a couple different kids like uh that was actually my niece and nephew oh, okay but i trained a different group of kids at a, on a different day but when i was training my niece and nephew <coughs> excuse me he showed up so i just had him fill out the waiver well he showed up nice enough kid uh, i assumed he wrestled he didn't he didn't tell me that he wrestled but um <clears throat> he, he had trained at another academy like once or twice and so he shows up he's like hey coach you mind if i train i'm like no please you know have fun here's here's a gi and so I put him with Deuce, um, and uh, for our listeners, Deuce, Deuce is <laughs> Deuce is an effing animal. I mean, this guy. We're going to have him on a podcast, uh, so bear with me. But but Deuce is a. Just trust me when I tell you, there is no quit in this guy. Not even none. A little. I yeah. mean zero. Um, and so I, I put him with Deuce, and Deuce is a very kind human being. He's one of the nicest dudes I know. But but he has he has the ability to be a murderer. Mm. He just he just isn't mean, you know. And so he went with Deuce, and uh, he was going pretty hard. I mean, he was going hard. He was trying to hit blast doubles and stuff. I mean, he was all over the place. And Deuce would just snatch his neck every time. <laughs> I think Deuce guillotined him like three times in a row, and then he triangled him and did something else. And uh, I, I saw that he was trying to kind of bully some people. Which listen, I'm not picking on you, but wrestlers in general will. <laughs> it's been my experience that wrestlers that don't know jujitsu 
forward. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> I'm going to bully everybody in here until they learn a lesson. So I was like, hey, Matt. And Matt's one of my blue belts, Matt Smith. And, uh, you know, Matt's 190 pounds. His freaking arms are ginormous. And yeah. Former uh, SF Army guy, you know. Wrestler. Wrestler. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. Not he somebody you want to He ain't no slouch. So I, <laughs> yeah. I put the new guy with, with Matt, and Matt ground him into a pulp. And then uh, I put him with uh, Liam. And Liam's a... Uh, Attempting to enter into the Navy SEALs, you know, so like, I mean, he's a pretty, pretty tough dude too. And so, uh, he got his first submission, uh, Liam subbed him once and the guy's like, uh, I gotta go. And he makes like two steps off the mat and just starts projectile vomiting oh, all over yeah. the place. I'm glad I missed that. It, yeah. I, did, I didn't have my glasses on, you know, I can't see shit without my glasses. So I, I was like, what is that guy doing? And then I saw a couple of our other teammates, like, you know, getting paper towels and stuff. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on over here? I just, you know, I was like, eh, they got it. They got it handled. Just keep going. Yeah. And then when I, when the class was over, I'm looking and this guy, I don't even know his name. Uh, I hope he comes back, but I doubt that he ever will. Cause that's, yeah. he's, <laughs> it's pretty embarrassing to puke all over the place. So he like, he didn't just puke in one spot, which would have been, Totally acceptable. I mean, man, sometimes you throw up, you know. I don't yeah. know. I've I was never about done to say, it. like, 90% of people make it to the trash can or to the parking lot yeah. before they lose it. Yeah. Like, for him to take – and so, for the listeners, we have jujitsu mats, and then we have, like, the horse stall thick rubber mats covering the rest of the floor. And you had to drag, like, 20 of those It was a bunch out. of them, wasn't it? You helped me drag I them did, out, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, I showed up that evening, and there were some mats everywhere. So, this guy, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he didn't just puke – if you, these horse stall mats are like two meters by four meters or something. Yeah. I don't know. They're and like 65 pounds. Yeah, they're, they're super big. heavy. Yeah. And they're everywhere. We have hundreds of them. Well, for whatever reason, he didn't just throw up and stay in that one spot. I mean, this guy threw up and then like ran. It, it almost looked like he was like trying to find a trash can, but he couldn't. You know? <laughs> this so, is exactly. Yeah, I mean, they, they were all over the place. I was like, ah, oh, man. And then he left before we bowed out. I was like, this fucker. Like, <laughs> just puked and left. Yeah, just puked and left. Man. Then he puked all outside. Oh, wait, wait. And he didn't attempt to clean it no, up? No, he, he, he worked, I will say, he worked hard to clean it up. Oh, okay. And I he was, was about really to say, man, if he was just puking and running to the car, oh, I'd have been man. really no, pissed. He, <laughs> he, he, he certainly didn't puke on purpose. Yeah. Well, I understand that, but like, you throw up, you clean it up, you know? I thought you meant like he was leaning, leaving without cleaning Well, up. he cleaned at it. But, you know, those horse stall mats have, like, texture on them, and it's yeah. hard to get, like, throw up out of the... You're not going to take a paper towel and, like, wipe up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's... Inside the grooves and yeah. all that. Yeah, so we drug them outside. Aaron was nice enough to help me and a couple other teammates, and we hosed them off. It was gross. It was pretty nasty. But at least we got it. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't do that, man. You dr- Well, you drug them back yeah. in, didn't you? Did I drug you? them back in whenever okay. they No, like, for me, I don't know what it is, but, like, puke is, like, my trigger. Like, really? I see puke, I throw up. Really? Zoe pukes in the house, I puke beside her. You're kidding me. Like, no. Like, oh. that's it. Listen, I'm not far behind <clears throat> you. Are no. you really? Oh, yeah. I don't. And you yeah. got seven kids. They've been, oh, they been throwing up all that's the time. Saying, man. I'm like yeah. waiting on my first one to start oh, it, throwing up to where it's coming. I mean, I can deal with spit up now. Yeah. Like, I ain't going to lie. Like, is spit up not throw up, though? Is that not like the same? Oh, no, it's like, it's. You it doesn't wait. have a smell to it yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they just drink it. But literally the first three or four times, like, he spit up, I literally, like, pushed him out. Like, I didn't want the spit up on my 
Like you throw the burp cloth over your shoulder and burp him. As soon as I hear him burp, it's like burp. Like two oh. seconds, and then he spits up. Yeah. So as soon as he burped, I would literally push him out and have to clean up out of the floor. I'm like, dude, I just just don't puke on me. All right, uh, now I don't like I don't care about spit up because there's no real smell to it. Yeah. If anything, it just smells like milk. It hadn't been digested and like got the acid in it and all that uh, stuff yet. Stomach acid is the worst smell of all dude, time. So me and Sarah were taking uh, her old Great Dane up to uh, one of the parks on Blue Ridge Parkway, right? And uh, Aries had never been in the car before. You know what I mean? It was probably 65 pounds, 70 pounds at this point. He wasn't full grown yet. He was in the back seat, and we started getting up those little windy roads going up through Blowing Rock. He puked literally before we knew it. The smell hit me. <laughs> I opened the door 40 mile an hour and throw up while we're driving. Down. She has to, like, slow down quickly and pull over. She's just cleaning it up out of the back seat like it's water spilt. I'm in the bushes puking my guts out. <laughs> Just that weird, like, sour, sweet smell destroys my stomach. See, right this is why I love the podcast. I learn <laughs> I learn things about my friends. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, like, in the bushes, like, I'm sorry, babe. I, you, couldn't, you couldn't live in my house. Nadia throws up uh, once a day, no matter what. Dude, it is I the worst-smelling shit. It's, like, uh, bile and... It's that sour smell. Oh, she, I, I'm like, why do you always throw up? Stop it. And she, she doesn't give a shit. I mean, she'll oh, yeah, of course. just throw up and be like, oh, there's my food. I'm going to eat that back. I'm like, oh, stop. <laughs> oh, God. No, I couldn't do it, man. Well, I, I would assume having seven kids. How old your oldest kid? So, Nathaniel, he actually trained here for a little Nathaniel's bit. Nathaniel's the oldest? He's the oldest. I did not know okay, that. Um, he'll be uh, 15 in December. I like that kid. So, yeah, he's, he's a good one. He is yeah. a good kid. He's so quiet. He's just so quiet. I got him to open up like twice while rolling with him. But it's because I was like picking with him and throwing him around a little bit. Yeah. Trying to like get him hyper. And he opened up a couple of times, but not much at all. He doesn't. He, man, he's a good grappler. <clears throat> yeah. I know. I, I'm, I'm not disappointed in him. I am disappointed that he quit. I mean, he. Yeah. I had a... An agreement with him that he would come here. That's that's why I started jujitsu. Really, um, was to get him doing something physical. And I told yeah. him, I said, "Hey, one year, which was February of last year, we started. So um, February this year was a year, and he made it to a March of this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I said for one year. Originally, it started as three months, mm-hmm. and then uh, we kind of had some little, you know, difficulties with the teenager. Yeah, and I said. A year. You're going to do it a year. And he didn't want to, but he uh, he honored his, his word that he would do it, and he made it through a year. Um, and I noticed him very much improve, you know. Sure. Oh, no, he time. definitely yeah. improved a whole lot. Uh, I'd like for him to come back. I don't know that he well, will. Well, he, he might. You know, like let him – let him. Uh, well, I should tell you. But I, I found that people that choose to come back – excel more than people that feel like they have to yeah, agree yeah. and i yeah. think one of you had mentioned it earlier um you know that a lot of times wrestlers start at like three or four years old and they do um but i actually wrestled with some guys at the end of high school and then even one or two in college that uh you know their dad's same situation their dads were wrestlers they've been yeah. wrestlers their whole lives and i mean a couple of them in particular i remember one in high school this kid was good i mean he made it um, and the USA Nationals is a junior. I mean, he just – he was a really good wrestler. And I thought, man, this dude's going to do something. And, and his – I think he quit maybe my sophomore year. Um, but when he finally had the freedom to quit, he'd done it so long. Yeah. And his parents had ground him 
so much into it and tried to force him to do it, force him to do it. Sure. He was just he's just done. He's just, just done. Out, he didn't care. Yeah. And I thought so. You know, my philosophy with my kids has always been: if you say you're going to do it, you're going to finish that season. I, I don't care if I got to drag you to practice every single day. You're going to finish it if you commit to it. But I'm not going to make them commit to right. something that I enjoy that they don't necessarily. Yeah. You don't my, have a lot of joy in. My so. dad did the same thing to me. Um, the same as you, not mm-hmm. same as other dads. So my dad played baseball all through his uh, – it was the only sport that he played. He didn't play any other sports. And uh, <clears throat> he was a catcher. So, of course, you know, you want to be like your dad. So I, be, I became the catcher for – I played from five years old to, I don't know, my sophomore year in high school. Right about the time I just, I found beer and uh, and women – and ladies, <laughs> I was like, I baseball is out. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, they weren't, I mean, you know, we're 16, so we're not, they weren't women, I don't think. But yeah. at any rate, um, I, I, I mean, I played from every single rec league, every yeah. school. I mean, and he didn't force me to do that. Um, are you okay? What Good is going on with you? Right, keep going. I think it's just allergies. I did a lot of yard work today. My throat is dry. I okay. apologize. Go on. I think this dude might have the Rona. Rona. <laughs> Got that Rona. <laughs> but so um, I, I distinctly remember my dad would – he would we would play rec league ball or travel team or whatever. And, you know, he would he would, he would would take me to every practice, no matter what. He, he would take off work, whatever. Uh, but he never, like – I don't remember him ever – you know, we'd get in the car, go home. If I had a bad game or something, he wouldn't be like, you missed that ball and you did that. I mean, he just, we just listened to radio and just drive back home. It wasn't even, now if I asked his opinion, he would, he would say, well, you know, here's, here's the things I would have done differently hmm. or here's what you can try the next time. But he never sort of, <clears throat> I never felt forced to, to play baseball. Yeah. And I was really good at it. Like I, I was pretty, pretty successful as a, you know, six, how successful are you going to be in, when you're 16? But yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I I really did. I always appreciated. Man, uh, I had guys that I played baseball with my whole life. My whole life. I went. We we went to high school together. We went to junior high together. We went to elementary school together. We played uh, t-ball, rec league. You know, we we we're on the same team like our whole lives. Yeah. And their parents would be screaming in the stands, yeah. you know, get out in front of that ball, and you know, just going crazy. My dad's over there, just like reading a book, looking at him, like, "Y'all are stupid." <laughs> yeah, it's. I help coach a, a rec league team for wrestling, and man, I watch some of the parents. It blows my mind yeah. watching them. I mean, they're crazy. They're absolutely. They're, I think they're living vicariously through. They the are. Kids, and, and let I me tell you, that's awful. I don't. We don't have a kids program at the moment. Uh, thanks coronavirus but um we were in the process of building one and i'd already decided if if you don't if you're a, a parent and you don't train jujitsu you be silent yeah, yeah like i would literally tell them like get out of here yeah. mm-hmm. you, you your coaching is trash it yeah. is not relevant get him is not a good coaching strategy <laughs> stand work. up just stand up yeah <laughs> work work harder you know yeah. as this 250 pound smoker screams at their kid you know i'm like man come on first off it's just for fun and secondly like what have you done you're you're, other than producing this child your opinion is essentially useless it has no value it has no technical value Mm. i don't know that's my opinion 
Yeah, I played no sports in school. Really? really? Yeah. Nothing? Yeah. So until I was 14 or 15, I had extremely bad adolescent asthma. So literally, like as an eight-year-old, I couldn't walk up that flight of steps without hitting my inhaler at the top. Oh, wow. And I think that's one of the reasons why fitness became such a huge part of my life whenever I was 16, 17. But, dude, you're 14. You've never played in any sports. None of the coaches want you on their team, you know? <laughs> Basketball, football, baseball, wrestling. They're like, oh, you've never done anything? Nah, we're good. So I just never started. Yeah. I really wish I had wrestled. But I oh, think too, I think if I had wrestled, my life would have been very, very different. Yep. I think I, I – I only knew one wrestler. Like Hickory High School was not like a like a, a wrestling school. We had mm-hmm. a we had a fantastic football and basketball yes. team. Like lots. I I personally, well, they're all retired now. But I I was I went to school with probably a dozen people that made it to the NFL or to the NBA. Oh wow! Like for, for real. Now maybe yeah. they weren't all like superstars, but yeah. like. I mean, they made a living and have retired through That's the NBA awesome. or the yeah. NFL. Making it something, you know. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, I, wrestling was – I didn't even know we had a wrestling team until the, the soccer coach, his name was uh, Coach Morgan. I cannot remember his first name. Hmm. His He coached, He was a wrestling coach as well. Yeah. And his kid, I hated him. What the hell was his name? I don't know. I hated his kid. And I was like, man, wrestling's stupid. I wouldn't do that. Corey, Corey Morgan. I was like, yeah. I wouldn't. Man, anything that Corey Morgan would do, I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> and then, yeah. I wish I had now, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean. But no, looking back, man, I mean, just from knowing the wrestlers that I know, you know, both high school and collegiate. Just the drive that they have, yeah, they're and like it rolls over into their life too, <clears throat> for and, sure. Uh, Jocko, look Willink. at this guy. Yeah, yeah. Jocko Willink. I know both of y'all know him. Yeah, okay. he threw out a stat, and I know I'm going to butcher it, so I'm not going to give numbers. But basically, the odds of anyone passing Bud's training is like six, like low high teens to low twenties. I don't remember the exact number, but he said the only metrics that actually matters is if they wrestled in college their odds of passing is four times higher. At he least. says that's the only <clears throat> metric that they can track and say yes. So if you're a collegiate wrestler going into budge training, then you have, you're have you four times as likely to pass as the average person. And you yeah. got to think, people go into buds through selection. So it ain't like you're four times more likely than the average Joe. You're four times more likely than, than, the, the, than the most soldier. elite people on yeah. the planet Earth. So yeah. that metric alone is just insane to me, you know? Hmm. That's interesting. I didn't, yeah, I listen to Jocko pretty regular. I'll have to that. see. He threw it out on. I think the first time he was on Joe Rogan Experience, oh, or okay. the uh, it may have been the time right before he was on there with Tulsi Gabbard, because they were talking about why um, the military is having issues getting new soldiers in because nobody can pass the physical right now. Like really? no, no kids coming out of high school can pass the physical. Like they're talking about uh, lowering standards to let that's more nuts. people. In. That is nuts. I, yeah. So I think I think. Um, and I think this ties back into what we were talking about, the weight thing, uh, cutting all that weight. I think one of the biggest things that wrestling has taught me um, that I've really, for the last couple of years, tried to implement in my personal life is consistency. You got uh, that, man. I mean, <laughs> it is. And I think that's, you know, the, the running that I've done, um, you're not going to run those distances and do those things without consistent yeah. everyday training. And I wish I had the time, and, and I'm working on, on that right now uh, to apply that to jiu-jitsu. Uh, but I consistently make it two days a week right now. That's what I got. That's what I do. 
Um, so that's how much I come. But um, I, I think that consistency in, in all things in life, for me personally, is, I mean, that's a game changer. For sure. I mean, yeah. it's impacted my business. It's impacted my family life. It's impacted athletic life. I mean, you know, you're talking about working out and whatnot, I don't miss them. I just yeah. don't, you know. I mean, at 6 o'clock, that's what I'm doing in the morning. Uh, I, I, I think – I think a person who comes to jujitsu twice a week, no matter what, every week, forever, is going to go infinitely further. Now, I don't mean just in rank. I mean in, in application, in ability, in self-improvement, what, what, you know, how, whatever metric you want to use. A person that comes consistently is always going to outshine the person who comes two classes a day, five days a week for a year, and then we never see them again. Yeah. Like, like always, 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 always. Now, <clears throat> I, you know, there are the exceptions. Matt and Melissa is an example. I mean, they come oh, twice yeah. a day, four days a week, yeah. no matter That's what. their life. Yeah. Yes. But, um, you know, their life is structured a little differently. But I like, uh, of course, the more mm. you come, the, the better you're going to get. Oh, yeah. But it's a marathon. It's not a race. Mm-hmm. That's what I try to tell people. Like, for the average Man, you you ain't trying to be a professional jujitsu athlete. Nope, I'm not. Uh, well, I mm. am, but in a different sense. But uh, <laughs> I'm not either. Well, yeah, I mean, you're not. You don't. You're you're not interested in like competition mm. goals. No, and not at all. I am, but but for a separate reason. Like yeah. I I in I want to compete a lot and win a lot so mm. that it it legitimizes mm. our program. It's kind of like marketing value, as right? Well. Right. Yeah. I don't really care about the competition. But if I'm going to do it, I want to win. Yeah, exactly. That's my my overall mm-hmm. strategy. Um, but for the average person, and I, and you are an exceptional human, but not you are an average jujitsu student in that you you come consistently twice a week, mm-hmm. no matter what. Yeah. Like to me, if you do that forever, you're you're, you're going to go way further. You're going to get more out of jujitsu than mm-hmm. you would mm-hmm. if you were like a college wrestler where you have a season where you're sure. like, let me kill myself for six months out of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one likes mm-hmm. that. Like who wants to do that? <laughs> no, and that's a big difference too, between wrestling and jujitsu is wrestling does, or jujitsu doesn't have a season. Jiu-jitsu There's competitions year round. Every weekend. Yeah. If, a you, lot if of people, you want to compete every weekend, you could do it within a two hour drive. Yeah. <clears throat> but a lot of people, you know, they normally tend to compete around their average weight class. You know I mean? They're not, cutting a ton of weight in I don't between. cut a, a, a single pound yeah, I stopped cutting last two competitions I went to I got robbed on of that. course you did yeah. <clears throat> so, I cut 12 pounds and then they're like oh there's nobody in your weight class so oh, we're gonna bump man. you up and I'm like really like there's no point so I'm not cutting that's anymore that's yeah. exactly the reason so I I I love super fights and I, yeah. I like them because I I know which opponent I'm gonna face I can start to develop a strategy I uh, can I have like a, a a distance of training. So like, you know, eight, eight weeks from now, mm-hmm. four weeks yeah. from now, whatever, you know, you can start to train for this person. Yeah. Uh, man, I, I, I'll do all the super fights I can. I don't love tournaments because you don't know who's going to show up and mm-hmm. you don't you know, know which way to you get don't know which weight you're going to be in. Yeah. Uh, uh, super fights is where it's at for me. And mm-hmm. just to be honest, like super fights are way more, um, like, like people more intimate, yeah, I mean, people yeah. people care more about a super fight than they do about did I win the 
expert division at Naga. Like no yeah. one even no one even knows. But man, if you're on a super fight card, oh, people yeah. are like, "Oh, you beat that guy." You know, oh, you got one match at a time. You one, got your own walkout song. Yeah. Like <laughs> there ain't like eight different mats running different people. Yeah, and, I mean, just yeah. everybody's looking at you, and that's oh, yeah. that. Yeah. I, I like that. I I do. So I've done one jiu-jitsu tournament. Daniel was there. Yep. Well, I, I was had, in New York when you did this, yeah, too. Yeah, so yeah. it was like six weeks of training, maybe? Yeah. Seven? Oh, yeah. Six or seven weeks of training. I thought, well, I'm just going to go do it. I didn't cut weight. Um, and there was so, no one in your division? Well, it wouldn't, there wouldn't have been. So yeah. I was in the uh, – um, I was 39, and there yeah. was no one there on either the 155 or the one – the, what's the next one up welterweight up to 170, yeah, 170 yeah. yeah so there wasn't anybody in my age on either that was a white belt so they said well we can either no there was one guy i'm sorry there was one guy um and he was at 170 he weighed like 169 or whatever but he uh opted to go to adult instead of um masters right yeah so yeah. no what we both did was go down to the 20 to 25 division <laughs> And oh, um, gotcha. that's what we both did. But I only weighed then. At, so I weighed in with my clothes on, shoes on, everything. <laughs> Keys in like, your pocket, cell phone. <laughs> I was 160, you know, yeah. 160 couple, whatever mm-hmm. it was. And um, I think that guy, he was right close. He was pretty close to, to 170. I think he actually ended up winning that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might have. He, he was pretty so, good. Yeah. Um, but I went in there and I thought, yeah, well, I'm just going to shoot doubles and take them down. Well, that works good until someone slaps a guillotine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, yeah. that was well, a, but think about what you know now and think about how much. It'd be a different game. Like now. head inside, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. It'd be but a whole about, different game. The thing about belts, it's kind of funny. So, um, and, and the thing about competition, competition is not the same as training in the room. It's not the same. Sure. So when when you're practicing wrestling, you guys are like keeping up with scoring and understanding. Mm-hmm. But like in jujitsu, we just have this like who submitted who. Mm-hmm. We don't yeah. we don't ever care about like points and stuff. Yeah. Unless if if we are if Phoenix is training for a tournament, then I care about points. I'm like, hey guys, let's start to think about this in this strategic way. Yeah. But you know, after after technique. I'm like, hey, put five minutes on the clock. Let's go, mm. and we just have fun. I mean, yeah. that's that's the whole point. Like, that's why I like jujitsu. It's fun. Oh. I don't think about like, oh, I got swept, so that's two points. Yeah. I don't give a shit about that. I'm like, like, who cares? I'm not. Yeah. Well, so like for me, if you go back and watch my competition videos, every... which, which I do regularly, by the way. Oh, thank you. I do. I like. <laughs> I probably got like forty of your fifty views on here. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> but yeah, if you watch like every match that I won. I was losing on points. Yeah. Every single one because I'm just not a points player. You know, I feel comfortable on my back. I've got a great well, guard. You could and be a points player could if be. you chose to be. Yeah. You just don't – it's not something you focus on. No. No, I just – I focus on the finish. Like, I always go for finish. I'm not somebody who plays it safe. If I get on top, I'm constantly advancing. I'm not going to, like, lock somebody down try to stay on top half to where they can't move. I always go for the finish. So, every match that I've ever been in, I've either lost on points or I've been down on points and got the submission. Me, I, um, when I first started competing, my strategy was, well, I didn't have a strategy. I was like, I'm going to go submit them. Yep. I didn't, I didn't even know that there were, you know, I'm like, I don't care what the points are. I'm just going to, exactly. I'm either going to get submitted or I'm going to submit them. Mm-hmm. If I, if I lose on points, then they didn't really win. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was my strategy mm-hmm. I was like well, that's not really a win you yeah. didn't make me quit yeah. you didn't beat me yeah I just didn't understand the rules mm-hmm. but as I've gotten 
deeper into this. The reality is, if you enter into a, to a contest, you agree to the rules, and those rules are, uh, like, I, I, even if, even I don't think, I don't think points, you're like, oh, you passed my guard and held me there, so mm-hmm. you win. But on the other side, I mean, those are the rules that you agreed to yeah. compete in. Yeah. So, like, yeah. So now I've started, I have a different strategy. I, I, I think about how to manipulate the rules. I mean, man, if somebody's like, if, if I look and, and somebody in my division is over here warming up with like some lightning fast shot drills, mm-hmm. man, I, I touch their collar and sit to my butt. I'm not trying to get tossed <laughs> on my head, you know, like, yep. like I'll just take your two points away from you. Now, now good luck passing my guard, you know, like that's sort of my, I have, I have a strategic approach now as to where it used to be just like, who's going to quit. Uh, and I, I think there's something to be said. I mean, man, if I sweep somebody and then like pass their guard and hold them down in side control, good luck. You're gonna live in side control. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's it's on the it's on the person who is down to make something happen. It's not on me. Like if yeah. if I sweep you, that's two, well, and if I pass, that's three. It's on you. I'm up five. Mm-hmm. Like you got to work now. I'm. Yeah, I, I'm gonna put this cross face and this underhook on you, and this is where we live till the time runs out. Yeah, and that's one thing that I wish a lot of, a lot more local jujitsu tournaments would implement as a stalling rule. You know, like if the top person isn't advancing, don't just let them lay there. Because that's what screwed me in the first competition that I went to. I was a white belt. I maybe I maybe had three four months of training, and I got in there with the wrestler like. The white belt division, especially in Nogi, is littered with wrestlers. <laughs> I mean, they just go in zero jujitsu and light up white and blue belt divisions, you know, or uh, um, what is it, novice and beginner divisions. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I went in there, which Dude is bullshit, me. by the way. It is bullshit, but I went in there and literally, like, we pushed each other around for maybe 30, 45 seconds. He hit me with a double and literally just stayed in side control the rest of the match. Like, he. The ending score was, I think, three or four to zero, and that was it. Like, I just could not get him mm-hmm. off of me. But we sat there for four and a half minutes. I'm like, dude, just do something. Like, go to yeah, pound, but, man. Yeah, get but off. Listen, that's that's on you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, he was playing the game, but that's what I'm saying. Like, he literally stalled for four and a half minutes. But did he stall? Minutes. I mean, if he held you down and you were trying to get up, like, did he stall? I mean, he just did his job. He held you down. He wasn't trying to advance. He wasn't going for any submissions whatsoever. It, 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 it's still stalling. He, he may not have if known a, su- a submission. Probably not, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I would like to see some stall, uh, like some stall rules implemented. You know, if you're well, as a loser, of course you would want to know that. You would want well, to see I'm that. Just saying, no, no, I, I'm not being a dick. I'm no, saying like, like, like the rules too, are this way. True. But like whenever you have spectators involved, you know, like a lot of professional events, you can't stall. Like the quintet that shows on, uh, UFC fight pass. You know, like, sure. they've got some ridiculous... Like, if you're stalling for five seconds, they stand you back up. Well, it's kind of extreme, but still... Well, the like, rules, you know, you yeah. entered a tournament that has a different set of rules. I, I love yeah. the kind of different... The, the uh, I like... From no, competition to competition, yeah, different rules. Yeah. It gets very confusing at Sorry. times, though. Well, it, it, it does. It is hard to... Especially at blue, purple, and brown. Because those are the ones where the rules really change. White belt rules are usually 
you know, pretty common. Black belt rules are kind of everything goes, but like, man, when you start looking into twisting leg locks, straight ankle locks, wrist locks, blue, purple, and brown. Half the time, the refs don't even know the rules. I, I don't even. I just. I'm like, cool, man. We're just gonna do this. Like, yeah. well, I'm a did fan you of putting did you ankle locks and everything. Well, you're a fan of putting heel hooks on <laughs> and everything. Heel hooks, yeah. But see, like at your division, you can't, you can't do that. Do them you know? Especially, um, well, no, yeah, you do advanced no gi, right? Maybe. What yeah, would you put him at? I if I what were would you, not strategically, what would you actually as put his him? coach? If yeah. I if I were the um, if if I I would put you in the expert division in no gi. Really? Yeah, okay. I think you would do well in that. Yeah. In the mm-hmm. gi, you're a white belt, so yeah. where yep. you know that's that's f them. That's the that's the place yeah. you you're at. I think if you're a collegiate wrestler, you are an expert. I can see that. I mean, that's just my you opinion. Have at least five years mat experience. Yeah. If you're a high school wrestler, maybe not. Like Jaden, I wouldn't put Jaden in the expert division. No. Well, I mean, Jaden's what seventeen. Yeah, but I mean, the kid's been wrestling since he was like twelve. He's, he's you know? Where does yeah, where does tough. the tough. adult vision begin? Where is it eighteen? It could, but oh, if man, I'm, you can't put him with kids. You'd have to put. Well, him that's with my adults. point, right? You, <laughs> that's my point. <laughs> I can put him in. The, yeah, I could be like, Jane, yeah. man, Jane, you're not gonna hurt these kids. Yeah. Like, let's go over here. To pull, these guard, dudes. pull guard. <laughs> Don't take them down, please. I think one of the cool things about jujitsu is, um, at least what I'm learning. Is, you know, you're talking about somebody stalling, but you've got an answer for that now. Yeah, yeah that you didn't have then. Oh, 100%, and I think yeah. that's the cool thing that I'm starting to learn now that. You know, I can rely on wrestling a little bit, sure, but there's an answer to every problem out there, you know, and sometimes those answers suck. Yeah. Dude, (laughs) you know, whenever you first started, um, Bebra was in New York. I was in New York and he sent me a text about you and I was like, I can't wait to meet this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was the thing. Like, whenever you first came, you know, like me and you rolled the first class you were here and I was like, okay, he's a wrestler. You know, Mm -hmm. I know what to do with these guys. And like, you had a lot of control. But the thing that irritated me was we were four minutes in and you still had control. It's like, man, he should be puking and rolling over by now. What's going on with this? And I didn't know that you were a long distance runner mm-hmm. as well. And like, I just assumed, you know, okay, cool. Normal wrestler. Like I'm going to ride this out for three minutes. And now I'm just going like treat him like a little toy. <laughs> and then four minutes in, I'm like, man, he's still going strong. Like, he ain't throwing up. He ain't getting tired. <laughs> <laughs> Something didn't so, add up here. So tell us about, tell us a little about, about your running passion so yeah when did you become a long distance runner well we don't even tell us about your running in general (laughs) so uh yeah running's i mean i ran in college for wrestling specifically so i don't we ran some five mile runs maybe here and there um i had one friend that i would run with on the weekends usually he was also he was a couple time national champion and all american and i figured hey this guy's running. I'm, I might as well run. I might as well run with him, you know. Um, so I ran with him uh, on the weekends usually. And then we would do, in conditioning, we'd run, do sprints, um, maybe a mile warm-up. But, you know, nothing more than three miles maybe. And yeah. then five miles on the weekends on occasion uh, with that one particular guy. And then uh, after uh, college wrestling, I started working um, – uh, a carpentry job, which I, I actually enjoyed quite a bit. I didn't uh, pursue what I was going to college for. Uh, I mean, I wasn't going to college to go to college. I was yeah, going to yeah. college to wrestle. Uh, I so, did uh, get a uh, degree, uh, but I was about to say, let me pause you on that. What was your course of study in so college? So I've got, and my undergraduate is in uh, computer science with a business management minor. Uh, oh, okay, but I've, you still you, you um, use portions of that. 
I do now. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. being a, you know in carpentry. Um, okay, and then since <laughs> a, a uh, hammer swinger. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, so no, running was. Um, I actually again, it wasn't a dare. Um, dare's kind of get me in trouble, dude. You like me? Yeah, so, <laughs> that's why I did the. Uh, Black Mountain Monster, yeah, twenty uh, four hour run, and that's why I did the Grand Further Mountain Run was because I was dared to do both. Well, I've dared you to do an MMA fight, and you're, you're nah, like, no, I'm not doing that. Nah, I, it was either MMA fight or the uh, Mountaineer. I chose the Mountaineer. Well, now you can do the MMA fight. I I hereby <laughs> dare going you. on with your story. No, going no, on with your story. I dare you to do an <laughs> MMA fight. When do we start training for this? No. Yeah. So. so uh, yeah. So my wife actually with a couple, she had been running and this was eight, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. This was eight years ago. Yeah. 2012. She started running and I quit working out. I worked out after college for a little while, just playing around in the weight room. That was it. I didn't do any kind of conditioning. Um, you got a little fat, you know, just. I can't imagine you fat. Mm. <laughs> I, believe it or not, I weighed 194 pounds. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. What do you weigh now? Uh, 163. Uh, I was right around one Dude. low 150s, but um, through a lot of training and Daniel helping and yeah. a lot of, you know, just eating. That's crazy. I, I'd like to get to 165 just to. I mean, that's, a, that's an adult weight. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it counts, you know. <laughs> it counts. Anything over like 160 yeah. is good. So yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm 163 now. I was happy about that. I'm mm-hmm. Fresh off the scale this morning. Nice. Um, but yeah, I quit pretty much quit working out. But at 190 couple pounds, I thought, man, I don't feel good. And here I'm 30, 32 years old. I don't feel well. Um, out of overweight, out of shape. I'd been. Uh, I, I started uh, my landscape uh, lawn care company uh, in that time. This we've been doing that for about 15 years now. Um, but I, uh, I was just out of shape. Didn't feel good. Didn't yeah. have the energy I thought I should. Um, just felt awful you know and my mm-hmm. wife actually had started running and for some crazy reason she decided she was going to run a half marathon now she's she wasn't much into running uh she played a little bit of high school basketball but that's about the extent of her athletic mm-hmm. anything gotcha. <laughs> you know so she started uh started running a little bit with some friends that that she worked with and um she decided to enter a half marathon and i'm sitting here thinking I can't let my wife do more than anything I've ever done before. So I ask her that you want to wrestle. Yeah. Well, well, I got seven kids, man. You good at wrestling. That's for sure. So, um, so I just thought, well, you know, she's going to do this half marathon. I'm going to do it too. And I had never, I didn't know nothing about distance running. I thought I knew what running was, but I had no clue about distance running at all. Same. I, I didn't even understand the concept. I thought, yeah, you just go out there, you're grunting out for an hour and a half. And you're One done. foot in front of the other, yeah, man. That's, that's it. That's not it. <laughs> no, <it's> not. <laughs> so I I decided, I just downloaded a, a training program. Um, it's one of those, uh, I think his name was Hal Higdon Training Peaks was the program. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No, no I'm not. And I just started following that program. Well, I, you know, I, again, I was overweight and out of shape. Didn't have, uh, hadn't been doing anything much other than just work. So I had every possible foot problem. Apart mm. from breaking something, I had every possible tendonitis, Achilles tendonitis. I had plantar fasciitis. You name it, I, I've had it in that first amount of time. And I was trying uh, zero drop shoes. I was trying. Uh, oh, I hate those things, man. Yeah, it's it's mm. not for everybody. Or no, for no, sure. no, not zero drops. But uh, I'm sorry, I was thinking negative drops for some reason. 
the earth shoes. Yeah. I've got a couple no. of runners that tried those no. and like, they just blow their calf out. So on, on the shoe thing, I think it's different for everybody. You just got to oh, find 100%. what works, you yep. know. Yep. The, I know there's purists out there that, you know, it's got to be, you know, zero drop shoes. Oh, barefoot no, running, man. You can have it. Oh, <laughs> yep. you want to do it. I'll, I'll see you at mile 80 and yep. see how your feet are holding with up. With my hokas on. That's right, with my hokas <laughs> on and my real light orthotics in there, and my feet yep. are still going to be doing just fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, I, I, so I had a bunch of injuries while I was – I, I actually ran that half marathon and did fairly well. I ran a 136, an hour and 36 oh, wow. minutes, which is like a 740 pace, something yeah, like that's that. That's great. So tell, uh, tell everybody, so a marathon is how many miles? A half marathon is 13.1, a marathon is 26.2, and an ultra is anything greater than 26.2. And okay. there's yeah. lots of distances in there. Sure. Yeah. Uh, your common distances are 50K, uh, 50 milers, 100K, and 100 milers. Mm. Uh, and there's everything in between. Yeah. Um, and then there's also, I mean, there's some, the whole Bigfoot series of races, which are 200 mile yeah. plus races. And you got like the Moab 240, which is a pretty popular race. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, well, Goggins done that one a time or two. Yeah. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's just crazy. It's, and keep in mind, like, this ain't relay. Like, this is you. This Straight. is one person. No, I know. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I yeah. don't run around the block. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, nope. I do jujitsu, yeah. so I don't have to run. Yeah. yeah, I'm like I'm not running from you, bro. <laughs> like that's, that's me. Catch bro. these hands or catch this, catch this grappling <laughs> or this pistol, but I ain't running. That's out. <laughs> but yeah, I just uh, so I, like I said, I I ran that first half. I did okay. Um, I thought, well, this is this is pretty easy. This mm-hmm. is this isn't bad. Again, yeah. my cockiness gets yeah. me in trouble. I thought this isn't going to be bad. So I, I ran another one just a couple weeks after I'd run that first one. Um, and I did reasonably well in that one, uh, as well as 136 and change. And I thought, well, I'm just going to keep doing this. I thought marathon's going to be my next thing. And, and I did. I did one that February. It was September of, of that year. I did the first one, did another half. And then in, in February, I ran a, a full marathon. And um, yeah. But in between there, I was getting all these foot problems. I mean, again, the Achilles tendonitis was – I had that a couple different times. And then uh, the plantar fasciitis is what – was the worst oh it's terrible it, yeah, yeah it's it's mm. just it's not enough to put well i know some people it does they got to get surgery or whatever but yeah. it wasn't enough to put stop me from running but it was mm. you know just all the time your foot's hurt yeah and it's it's awful yep. uh, so i i just decided hey i got to get a running coach who knows what this game is all about and i got to find some shoes that are gonna work yeah um so i found a running coach um uh, Sony Dyer out of he was at Valdez he's in uh, Charlotte now and I've been with him ever since he is a absolute he's a tri he's a uh, triathlete um, triathlons his specialty but he's uh, he's got me through every distance that I've done yeah um, and uh, it was funny um, whenever I first started training you you sent me his information mm-hmm. that way I could talk to him and make sure my training yeah. wasn't going to interfere yeah. with his. I actually have two other athletes that have used him as oh, well. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So it's not yeah. the first time I'd heard of him. Uh, one of my athletes I was talking to before I did the uh, this last mountain run about trying to get my like running cadence down. Mm-hmm. Like I was having issues with that, especially whenever you switch from uphill to downhill, it's trying to a, get a yeah, proper cadence down. Yeah. 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 So, but no, he's a very knowledgeable guy. Yeah, I really like him. He's a phenomenal coach, and he's still. I don't know how old he is now. Um, mm. I'm not going to guess his age. I might offend him. He's you know, up there. He's an older athlete. I think yeah. he's 50. I'm not sure, though. Yeah. Um, but he'll stro- still drop a sub-16 5K any day of the week, and that's screaming fast. That's, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but a lot of like my long distance runners absolutely hate five Ks. They I say too. that like yeah. I mean it's not enough room to get warmed up in. So you know, I'm the same way. I've done yeah. a bunch of five Ks and ten Ks, and I don't like them at all. Yeah, um, and I don't much care for half marathons. I like right. marathon or greater. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, re- I ran a marathon that February of that year, and I thought, well, the next thing I'm going to do is a fifty K. I ran Table Rock fifty K was the first one I had done. A fifty K is thirty one point, but uh, basically thirty one and a half miles. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I ran that one well. It's not the good first 50K to go do. I mean, no, you know, it's that your it's first, like all straight uphill, right? I was about to say, is that your first elevation run? Yeah, of any uh, significance, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, So that wasn't a good idea, but, you know, I like to do those things that are not always good ideas. <laughs> so, I'm not a big fan of road running. So, I'm not, I love trails. Uh, I do, too. Um, I do most of my running right now on road just because it takes so much time to get to a trail. Yeah. Um, I mean, we run some here locally, but... Um, most of it is is road running right now, yep. uh, but did that 50k. Um, it also was freezing rain at the time. And I didn't <laughs> know. I mean, I had no idea. I went out there in a dadgum t-shirt and didn't have changes <laughs> of clothes. Nothing. I, I just didn't know. Same, you know. Yeah. So I'm freezing to death. Um, make it all the way up to the the turnaround point. And if it wasn't for they had somebody had made some ramen, um, and you get that real salty hot broth, mm-hmm. and uh, man, I drank about a gallon and started back down the mountain and um so you know did okay in that race and then from then on uh, i don't know what it was about that of just the clicking of this really sucks Mm -hmm. but i'm going to be consistent and i'm going to finish what i started to do and so far uh and there's no shame in a dnf do not finish on a on a race uh, so far, yeah, there's a little bit of shame in a DNF. <laughs> maybe, but I mean, really, I, yeah. I, I don't think there is. Because if you yeah. tow that line and you go do it, it's just like getting mm-hmm. submitted in, in jujitsu. I yeah. don't think there's any shame there. Yeah, loss isn't. Yeah, yeah I, I no, mean, I don't, I don't, I don't. You've no one has ever heard me tell one of my students like, "Oh, if you lose, you suck." Yeah. That's the yeah. opposite. Man, so I mean, mm-hmm. I used to think that when I, the first couple months of training down there, I was like, "Man, I freaking hate getting submitted. It ticks me off." Yeah. But now I'm like. Well, if I get submitted, it's probably because I'm trying something, you know, yeah. and I leave something mm-hmm. hanging and if they take it and tear my arm up, okay, cool. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, that's good. <laughs> you, so. You're such a, uh, it, it is, it is funny to, um, to know you and kind of see like your progression. I mean, I can visibly see when you, when you're like, man, that sucks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. I'm like, man, this is part of the process. Yeah. Man, mm-hmm. you submitted me, I don't know, two or three times. I'm not mad about it because I'm, I'm every, every interaction is a learning experience. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the only way I look at it. Yeah. Only time it's important is if there's a tournament involved mm-hmm. or if, sure. if we're in competition. Yeah. Man, yeah. I, I don't think I have a student. Well, maybe cause we got a bunch of new students, but mm. I don't think I have a student that's been here more than a year that hasn't submitted me. Yeah. doesn't matter what, what, how, what their rank is or how, what they weigh or yeah. their skill set because if you're not if you're not being submitted you're not putting yourself in positions that that you can learn from well you actually said that i think maybe monday night i, I think you said it or it was one night last week whatever uh, i remember you saying it specifically you said uh you said something along the lines of if you're not getting submitted you're not doing it right you're not yeah. you're not uh, I, I, I very, it's just not yeah. you're just not so and i remember you saying that several months ago and, and that has stuck with me man uh, Every time I roll with Daniel, I'll, I'll like I'll I'll 
I look at this as like, oh man, it's gonna be fun. You know, I missed Daniel. Mm-hmm. We're gonna roll. Yep. And Daniel's a very skilled grappler, very skilled. And uh, I, I don't think about like how can I win. I mm-hmm. think about how are we gonna have this. How is this gonna be the most fun possible? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And listen, me, me, and I'm talking to you, Daniel. Me mm-hmm. passing your guard and cross facing you for the next four minutes. Yeah. There's no fun in that. Yeah. You know, there's just, it's just not no, fun. No. Yeah. Like you're not gonna have fun. I'm not gonna have fun. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna learn anything. I would rather you submit me with your stupid underhook split guard armbar thing, <laughs> you know, than I would like hold you down for four minutes. Yeah. It's just not. It's not Same. fun. Yeah, it's not fun. Mm-hmm. I would. I, I enjoy the. I don't know. The, you got to move, man. Like we're yeah, doing jujitsu. We're not cuddling. Right. You know? I mean, yeah. if it's tournament and and I got to hold you down for four minutes, cool. Like I'm gonna. Hold, mm-hmm. You're gonna get it. But yeah. like, this is where we learn. It's how we get better. Yeah. I'm thankful for the people that can yeah. submit me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, with the, the running thing, um, so far, thankfully, I've not been able to – I mean, I've, I've completed every race I've entered yeah. in. Um, and I've, I think I've run 18 or 19 – no, maybe 20 ultra-distance events now. What's the longest one you've ran? So I ran uh, in 2016 or 17. 2000, I've, I've been there three times. They have a 100K and a 100-miler. I've done both. I've done the 100K <laughs> twice. So crazy. Uh, what, what was your time on the 100-miler? So the 100-miler there, uh, again, that was another – that wasn't the best race to sign up for your first 100-miler. <laughs> yeah. It's another one of those things because there's – Is there a good time to sign up oh, for a yeah. 100-miler? Yes. Flat and dirt. Flat and dirt, but maybe. Uh, so there's one in Virginia on the Virginia Creeper Trail, which would have been oh. a much better one to sign up for. A what part time. of Virginia Creeper? Because listen, I'm some of it's a little steep. Yeah, it's, yeah oh, some of it's really steep. Well, this one is is the Yeti, and it's a, a net downhill course, but oh. it's, it's very light grade, so you're not beating yourself up. Because running downhill is way worse. Than I, don't, I don't love terrible. Yeah, yeah even hiking downhill is not no, good for my knees. It hurts knees, hip flexors, everything mm-hmm. just yeah. eat you alive. Unless, and you were talking about cadence a minute ago, unless mm. your cadence is really up and you've got good form. Um, Man, I don't even know about that, dude. When, especially if you're talking about an off-road trail, you're oh, hitting roots, you rocks. Yeah. That's what Well, the me. Virginia Creepers really maintained. I, oh, yeah. I grew up, um, yeah. my, my grandmother lived about 100 yards from the Virginia Creeper Trail. And mm-hmm. I spent every single summer, like in, it's, it's actually called Taylor's Valley, but um, it's a little village right outside of damascus virginia mm-hmm. so virginia creeper the the popular part starts at white top which is about 30 miles north of damascus virginia yeah. which is where my family's from and then goes all the way down to um abingdon virginia okay. well abingdon half of half of this is kind of funny half of abingdon is in virginia and half of it is in tennessee i only know that because i used to go to this bar called the state line and half of the bar is in Virginia and half of the bar is in Tennessee. How do you yeah. have a county that, like, passes state lines? That's pretty It's odd. not a county. It's a bar. No, no, no. What is Abington? It's a, a city. Oh, so the city crosses state yeah, lines. Yeah, there's Abington, oh, Virginia, okay. and there's Abington, Tennessee. Okay. But then you wouldn't know that you're in one or the other. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, like, I, my great-grandfather worked on the railroad that was the Virginia Creeper Trail. So, like, when... When that was a rail line, my great grandfather worked there every single day of his life. Hmm. That's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, it's pretty I'm, well. Sorry, please do continue. <laughs> so no, I I, th- I think it was 2016. I don't remember now. Um, Did you do a race? Did you do the race on the Virginia Creeper? No, I haven't done. Okay, it. that right. that is one I will do. Um, 
at some point in time. How long is that one? It's a hundred mile race. Yeah. Um, I was like, I'm, I might do that. No, I'm not doing that. So <laughs> I'm I, not doing that. That's out. So I ran uh, Uari, uh, and there is well over thirty thousand feet of elevation changed on that hundred mile course. So you're either going up or you're going down. There's you. You're not going flat except for in the parking lot <laughs> where the main aid station is. That's it. I mean, you're going up or going down. So is it lap style? Or yeah, what? it's a twenty point okay. five mile lap. You do five of them. 20 how many aid stations they have on a 20 mile lap uh there's five but you there's one place where you can hit one of them twice okay uh, so there's six total um in 20.5 miles and you do five you are a crazy person yeah man a little bit <laughs> um i do think ultra runners are crazy i yes. love this about you though i love that uh you're you're there's just no quit you're just like mm-hmm. hey, i'm just gonna run all these miles mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I ran that race. Um, it was a learning. You learn a lot about yourself. I'm sure uh, out there that long. I would learn that I'm a quitter. That's what I would learn. <laughs> well, you know, it is a pretty high uh, DNF rate on that course, just because yeah. it does, it is so tough. I mean, there's no. I mean, you, and it's in October, so it's starting to get cold. The nights are getting cold, and mm. you know, you're 60, 70 miles in on something, and it's two in the morning, and you're freezing cold, and you know, I mean it. <laughs> You got to decide, you know, it's a, it's a, but in, in my mind, apart from being mechanically broke, you know, ankle, something, whatever, mm-hmm. I'm not stopping. Yeah. I mean, I just, I love that I about you. Don't, Man, I just love that about you. I'm not doing it. And even being mechanically broke, I'm, I'm going to go as until I yep. can't, you know, I know this about you. Um, <laughs> so I ran that. It took me 31 hours to get it done, which was, I really wanted to be more like 28. Yeah. Uh, on Did that. you have a time limit? Uh, yeah, it's 30, might've been 36, 38 hours, okay. something like that. But I came in sixth overall, uh, on wow. that, uh, with a 31 hour. So there was a lot of people that did not finish yeah. and several that came in after I did. I think there was 15 or 16 people that finished that year on that course. I don't know how many entered, um, cause they're running two races simultaneously, the hundred K, uh, and then the hundred miler. Yeah. Um, so I, I ran that one, and, I, and I'd run several 50Ks. Uh, the first 100K that I had done was, is called the Weymouth Woods 100K. It's a relatively uh, flat course. There's not a lot of elevation change, but it's in southern pines, so all you have is pine yeah, trees. Yeah, it's just flat. Yeah. I mean, pine tree roots everywhere. So your feet get beat yeah. to a pulp in that, you know, because that's 60, um, 62 and a half miles. Your feet get beat up. Sure. Um, but I had run that. Uh, that was the first ultra that I did. And actually, it was it was interesting on that race. I mean, the first hundred uh, k I have done, um, I decided I wasn't going to take in any solid food that whole time. <laughs> oh my god! Man. And uh, I started using a product called Tail Tailwind. I was telling mm-hmm. you about that the other yeah. day. And believe it or not, I, I ran that in eleven hours and I think it was five minutes, um, and it's sixty two and a half miles, and didn't have one bit of solid food the entire time. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It was all it was all tailwind, and from that point on, I realized. I mean, it, yeah, the tailwind helps for sure. You've mm-hmm. got to keep the calories. I need two hundred calories, two hundred twenty calories an hour to keep yep. going like that. I mean, that's what I need. Some people need more, some people need less, but that's yep. what I've got to have is about two twenty an hour uh, to keep going. Um, but the cool thing, you know, and I'm not trying to plug tailwind because other things work differently for other people. But you're getting your electrolytes and everything in there as well. So, is it like a like a gel or no, something? No, it's, like, it's a drink. It's a so, oh, it's yeah. A, so you okay. mix it in 20 ounces uh, of. 
And you mix you mix Water. this like while you're while you're running. Yeah, like you, yeah. you do. You yeah. carry it on your person. You do. Yeah. I, what I did was uh, pre-mix a gallon of it and set it at the and had it set at the aid station, so oh, I could okay. always fill up my bottles um, mm. as I was going through the aid stations. Yeah. That seems to be the easiest way. But I always keep a couple in uh, packs, individual packs, in a pocket yeah. in case you get in trouble. Mm. You know, and you need some some calories. Yeah, uh, and you also have uh, some products called Noon. Yeah, <clears throat> or none, however you pronounce it. N U U N, and it's tablets. So you literally just throw the tablet yeah. in your water bottle, and that gives you electrolytes too. But the aid stations, man, especially if you're doing repeat aid stations. So if mm-hmm. you're doing laps, those guys do whatever. Yeah. You hand them, you know, your gel packs to hold on to. They'll hold on to it for you. Yeah. Whenever we did the uh, Grand Further Mountain, literally, you walk up the aid station. They say, "Give me your bottles." You hand them your bottles. They fill them up for you while yeah. you're getting gummy bears, pretzels, snacks, all that stuff, and they hand them back to you. Aid stations will save your life. They really will. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah it I'm, is. I I'm th- completely uh, uneducated when it comes to running, mm-hmm. and especially running long distances. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm, no you just gotta do it. I don't. I don't have to do it. I'm not going to. My first ever run was an ultra marathon. You know, so I mean, you just gotta jump in on both feet. Well, you're retarded. Yeah. You're not quite. He's a crazy person. You're retarded. Yeah. So let's <laughs> yeah. let's set up a trade here. You do an MMA fight. All right. Ooh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> this is no bullshit. This is no bullshit. No, no, no. You do an MMA fight. Mm. I'll run something over 50K. I, I'll run a 50K. 50K. That's 31 and a half miles. Nah. You, you want to take it? Nah, I'm good. Pussy. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> we don't want to talk. We can talk about it <laughs> now. About That's it where we want to talk about it. <laughs> no, no, it's not. I'll help you get ready. I will find all the training that I, I, mm-hmm. if you would have me, I would definitely be your head coach. I would gladly well, get you would all be the my head inf- coach if I was doing anything like that anyways. I will run a 50K. You would do an MMA fight. We'll talk about it. Let's talk about it now. <laughs> we'll talk I, li- I like that Aaron brought this up too, by the way. This makes me happy. Well, there's there's a benefit yeah. for me on both sides. I can go watch a good MMA fight, and, and you get a running that. partner. Yeah. I'll come face you for your first because that that's going to be my coach yeah. for my right, running. Yeah. No, I'll I'll get you, I'll forward you to the right coach. All right, uh, he's mm-hmm. out in Valdez. No, he's in Charlotte now, I guess. Yeah. but I'll forward you the right coach. Okay, but I'll pace you. I'll All pace right. you for the fifty k. Yep. So so when, so when's your first so MMA anyways. fight? So how many hundred miles have you? No, done? no, no. How, how much time do you need to get prepared for this? <laughs> um, I mean, if you could shave off ten years and then give me three years experience, we could do that. Man, what the? F- You're like a decade younger than me. If uh-huh. if I could pass the freaking eye test, I I'll do an MMA fight next week. Yeah, forget that. That's a terrible idea. It's bad for your health. It's bad for somebody else's health. I get a hold of them <laughs> if it's the right person. <laughs> if, it's the right if, it, if it's a real good kickboxer, yeah. it's real bad for my health. I'm like, oh god, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> so how many, like how many hundred k's or hundred milers have you done? So I've done one hundred miler. It was one hundred two point five miles. That was Uari. Okay. Uh, now the hundred k's I've done. That's my favorite distance. Really? Uh, yeah, I just. You can do it, and, and it's still daylight, just typically. That running overnight sucks. It's Dude, I enjoyed it, man. Uh, like, I did, whenever I did the Black Mountain Monster, um, I got, I think, 25K. No, I finished 30K in 16 hours, but, like, my hip flexors were just shot. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I pulled my femoral head out of socket whenever I was running. Because nice. I didn't train for it. I didn't respect it, you know. <laughs> I signed up for it. And the part that screwed me the most was whenever I signed up for it, I maybe ran like a, a 5K here and there. Mm-hmm. I really didn't respect it whatsoever, but I was challenged to do it. 
And whenever you start out, it was the same thing. You got 5Ks, 10K, 20K, 12-hour, and 24-hour. So when I started out, you know, you're all in a whole shot. You're all starting together. Yeah. So I was like, cool, I'll just keep up with these guys. Or those guys were doing a 5K. So I'm like blowing myself out in the first lap. And, uh, it and was you were the, doing the 24. Yeah, I was doing 24. Oh, nice. I, I had no idea what I was doing. I was listening to an audio book, like yeah. just going on about it, man. I'm like, dude, I can't keep this pace up. And now I see them like leaving whenever we pass the finish line. I'm like, oh, dude, that's not good. <laughs> so we're out there, and like I had to take a long break um, to try to stretch my hips out, try to open my knees up and everything, because everything was just locking up mm-hmm. on me because my body is nowhere near used to that. And I'm yeah. sure my nutrition was trash. I had no clue what I was doing. But, um, I started back and I kept running and you know, like you have a headlamp on cause you're literally half of that trail is just a little deer path. Oh, like yeah. it's a single thing. Yeah. You got roots everywhere. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, once you get 24 or once you get like 16, 17 hours into a race, you really don't see anybody anymore. Yeah. You know, oh, everybody yeah, spreads out so much. Yep. So, you know, we're in the middle of black mountain and like the people putting on the race, said you know like there's a family of bears that live around here they've never attacked anybody but they're spotted very often and i'm like oh you know i was like okay cool i'm in the middle of the forest right now nobody to be seen they call it the black mountain monster have you ever run that one i haven't it is so it's man i'll fuck a bear up like a black bear no i will fuck a bear no you won't you may think you will but like a cub is 150 pounds i ain't scared you i ain't scared of a black bear grizzly never brown bear i'm out no i'm not any bear is going to hurt you. But anyways, they call it the Black Mountain Monster because like every maybe 50 yards, they hang one of those green glow sticks. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's yeah. how you know you're still on path because you see the glow sticks. Yeah. So like I got out there and I just cut my headlamp off. And like, you know, you're inside of a mountain, middle of the forest, and you just cut the headlamp off and you just like hear everything going on. The breeze blowing, like... The trees rustling, you know, you'll hear a squirrel, which sounds like a moose going through the dried leaves. And it's just awesome, you know, like you got to cut the headlamps on and make sure you're not going to trip over anything. I saw a couple people destroy their ankles during that race. But it was just so cool, man. Like, I'd love to do another just night race. If it was like a 12-hour night race on a track, I'd love that. That's awesome. There is one. um, There's one coming up, I think, September. Yeah, uh, one of my other athletes talked about doing. I may go do that with him. Yeah. It's a thirty k. I'm not sure about the one in um, September, but I do know that um, there's uh, uh, where is it at? They call it the um, what do they call that thing? Moonlight boogie. I think it's a fifty miler at night. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's a night race, and they do it in July, so it's nice and hot. Oh, so, yeah. that'd be good though, man. Like get some dew on the ground stuff. That'd be that'd be pretty nice. Yeah, it's. Um, yeah. So, uh, what what race are you looking at next? I'm not sure. Um, do you I, like plan them out for the season, or what? I usually do, and that that is uh, again, I can't emphasize enough. If a person's serious about wanting to to really get into ultra run, or really any running, but um, yeah. you know, I, get a coach. I mean, yeah, that is imperative. Get a coach that's been there that knows what they're doing. And I would say the same thing with, you know, strength training, any of it, jujitsu, yeah. anything you want to do, yeah. you know, if it's worth your time, invest a little bit in it and do it, you know? Yeah. You're going to have um, a much better experience with it too. You will. Um, yeah. You really will. So, I, you know, with, with Ronan and all that stuff happening, I, I don't have anything planned mm-hmm. this year. There's two races I'm, I'm looking at. I've done them both before. 
Uh, and then there's actually a marathon that was supposed to be in June. They postponed it to, uh, I think, November. Yeah. Um, it's a new river marathon. I've never done that one. I'd like to do it just because it's an awesome course up there. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty much all in the road, but it's uh, up in Todd, North Carolina. So it's a, it's great running up there in the mountains. Uh, be really nice. in November is my favorite time of year. I mean, yeah. because I run rain, shine, sunshine, and snow and sleet and yeah. Yeah, the you know cold. I, I don't care. We're, I'm getting out there. I got a buddy I run with. Man, you're just a hard. You're a hard hardened yes. human being. You are not. You're not like normal people. Yeah. But, I, but I love that about you. Yeah. So and and I I say this as respectfully as I, as I can. I don't want to be normal. You know. Yeah. I mean, same. Oh, we can tell. Yeah. It's I I don't diss on anybody who just wants to be normal. Mm-hmm. That's cool. If that's your thing, do yeah, it. Well, Have at it. But some, it's just not for me. Man, I don't know? think that it's people want to be normal they just don't know how to do anything else you know i've got friends and people that i know who have one kid and they're like man you just you stay so busy with family life and you've got seven and like you find the way to do it you know what i mean like it's just like we talked about on a previous podcast was like priorities you know like Mm -hmm. if it's important to you you're gonna find a way to do it whether it's getting up at four o'clock in the morning that's for real and knocking out the running or whatever you know that's like like legit for real if it's important to you you'll make it happen yeah just because you have a good excuse you still have an excuse it's it's an excuse yeah i i think about that um you know i don't i haven't i don't there's nothing about running that i enjoy i i did i hate Same. running so I'm much. Not a runner. I hate it. I hate it. There's nothing about it I like. You just haven't run far enough. Yet. Well, <laughs> I haven't run far enough to be numb <laughs> to the idea of running. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I haven't. I, unless Daniel does an MMA fight, I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that's one cool thing about it, too, and that goes back to Goggins like you were talking about. You know, like running, especially long-distance running, calluses your mind. So much that it's ridiculous. I mean, once you get out there and you pass, well, I'm sure it's different for everybody. For me, once I pass that 10 mile mark, that's where I'm like, I, I don't care what happens mm. after this. You know, after you break, for me, like like I said, that's my breaking point basically is 10 miles. Once I hit that, I'm like, screw it. I can keep going. I can jump off a cliff right now. Like, I don't care. Like, your brain just kind of goes, okay, I'm, I'm sick of this. I'm turning off. You do what you want to do. And it's, great. I don't, I don't, I don't love that. So, for me, I, I want to, when I'm, when I'm grappling a, you know, a little D or Terrell or somebody, you, whoever, mm-hmm. I, there's never a point where I don't think I could succeed. Yeah. You know, like I look at it as a challenge. I'm like, man, I'm in a bad spot. I got some bad shit going on. Yeah. I need to get my shit back together. But I don't think this is impossible. Mm-hmm. I, I, off, I, I imagine running a hundred miles seems impossible to me. It it legitimately seems impossible. Well, I think at this point for you it is. But if you would look at something sustainable, like look at maybe a twenty miler, you know, like it's not impossible. Cool, it's I'll do take a, you. I'll do a twenty miler. When he when he going to start? Uh, well, I mean, that's less than fifty k. No, we'll get you a fifty k. Yeah, yeah wait, wait, wait. I'll hold you to the. We ain't dropping this now, but I'm just saying, like for somebody who has never ran before. Like you, you, you're not a runner, but you're in good shape. So 20 miles is completely doable. It's It's going to take you a long time. You may be walking 15 of those miles, but it's completely doable if you can convince your mind to continue going. Your body isn't going to give out in 20 miles. It may feel like it, but it's not going to. You can always put one foot in front of the other to go 20 miles. 
Yeah. I, I will do it. Just back off. <laughs> no, we'll I talk about this later. We'll talk about why, this later. Why is it always later? It's because, always later with you. Because I don't want to talk about it. And I always say, let's talk about it later when I want to talk about it. He always says, I'll talk about it later because I'm not going to do it. Yeah, He's not. like, I'm going to avoid everything. Yeah, yeah. Listen, for real, if I could pass the eye test, like give me an O&O MMA fight, I'll, I'll snatch somebody's how life is out. Your, how's your eyesight that bad you can't pass the test? I can't see you from here. Oh, never mind then. It's it's that bad. I am like legit blind. Oh wow! Like I I, I can't see anything. Severe. Yeah, I take my I take my glasses off to uh, to do the podcast, and like I, the only thing that's not blurry is the microphone. <laughs> wow. wow! Like that's how that's how bad it is. So my eyes were never that bad, but I did get the uh, uh, laser. Yeah, you, and, uh, oh, really? you, find, yeah. you find it to be successful? Phenomenal! Cool. One of the best things I ever did. Oh, nice. I hope to do it, but. Um, well, up until recently, I haven't had the money, and um, my understanding is that they're like, uh, "Yeah, you can't get punched in the face a whole lot. Like, half, you'll you'll it, you'll get you'll, think you'll after lodge the, the dislodge the lens that we put in your eye." So I don't know what you know what it, it's different for everybody, but yeah. they didn't do any lens on mine. They actually stripped back whatever the outside of your uh, cornea, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they re- actually reshape with the laser. That's crazy. Oh, oh. it's it's trippy. Yeah. Um, Were you awake for that? Oh yeah, yeah. Whew. You got to be awake and coherent um, for it. Yeah. Man. Now afterwards, they give do you plenty of uh, <laughs> volume. And... I was about to say, do you feel it while it's going on? No, no. Uh, you feel pressure on your eye, and it, it's weird. It is really yeah. weird. But um, there was no pain involved. Uh, I ran wow. so when I when I had that done, I had this little thing going on that i wanted to see how many days in a row i could run without taking any break oh you couldn't run with that could you oh i did yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's I the did. thing well, I mean, this guy's a he's a maniac he's so, just a, yeah. not, not a but, normal person like normally when you get that done they tell you like no sweat it doesn't matter they don't like, he what, doesn't care weeks? what they told no, you no 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 so that I, oh it wasn't that I, no i ran oh. that morning before the surgery yeah um <laughs> And of course he did. Yeah, yeah. So and then he scheduled the surgery around his run. <laughs> no, they schedule it for you. I, mm. It was at nine thirty. That's when I I had to be there at like nine o'clock to get prepped and all that. And the surgery is nine thirty. It was done in fifteen minutes. I mean, my wife had wow. more of an issue watching it because she was watching it on the screen take place. And you know, she's a nurse practitioner. She yeah. sees. But she said it was just crazy watching it happen. And you know, they'd already See. given me a little bit of uh, volume. I guess is volume. Yeah. Um, to chill things out a little bit. Yeah. So you're already feeling decent. Uh, they give you another handful when you leave. And <laughs> things get pretty interesting. But uh, yeah. uh, no, so I, I ran that morning and then, then they put a contact. Um, it's not a, it's not, it's like a contact over your eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a, the appointment the next morning, get that taken out. And he said, yeah, everything's good. I said, can I go run? He said, sure. So I went out that day and ran again. Oh, okay. So that was 489 days in a row of running every day. Holy uh, shit! What uh, what range of distance were you doing? Anything from a mile to 30, and then <laughs> and then race, you know, race oh distances. Uh, Why are you a crazy? Uh, like you should be yeah. committed to it. You should be in Broughton right now. You should write a book right now. Yes, you should <laughs> write a book. You you are certified to that point. So yeah. I mean, you say all that and all the, you know, I've I've run a lot and mm. but. My running career experience, whatever you call it, I mean, you look up some of the guys on on the Ultra Runner website. Oh. 
I mean, I've done 20 or so ultra distance events and, and about that many marathons, about 15 or 16 marathons and a bunch of shorter races. Yeah. There's guys on there that literally have done over 200 ultra. Yeah, but just because there are people who are crazier than you doesn't make you less crazy. Well, I mean, maybe not, but it just means there's a whole other degree of crazy. <laughs> that's, that I, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> but you're talking about one avenue. Like sure. how many of those guys were high school and college wrestlers? How many of those guys uh, also do jujitsu? Also, right? also yeah. do yeah. jujitsu two days a week. They wake. Yeah. yeah. How many of those dudes are waking up at four a.m. to run thirty miles before they go mow grass all day and then come to jujitsu <laughs> on Tuesday and Thursday? <laughs> Damn it! Why yeah. are you crazy? Well, just on the weekend. <laughs> all right. No, I mean that's like that's awesome. I think anybody who can commit to not only you know one avenue of fitness, but I mean, you've got at least four that we know of, and there's probably other ones you haven't yeah, told I'm us sure about before, you know? Uh, again, I think that comes back to having a, a, a desire to do it, that whole thing of consistency, yeah. and then having a good coach. I, I just, and you know, I consider both of you guys just phenomenal coaches um, in jiu-jitsu and weight training. 